just so you know, this is a selection that Will makes based on the guest. So he freshens up on the person before they come here, goes to their YouTube channel, tries to catch a vibe, and then his track selection. What do you think? Has he nailed it or not? He did pretty well. I also saw the, the fade in. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Get a, minute, get a minute to groove and then you bring it in. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another guest. Very exciting day. Exciting times. What a time to be alive. It's Gerald from the hit YouTube channel. Gerald Undone. Traveled all the way in here. Braved the hot climate and the uh, 400 series highways. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> which, uh, which I appreciate because uh, I've really been enjoying having these conversations. I believe this is episode four. You reminded me of that. Um, talking to YouTubers, I don't think that's a rule, but it is interesting talking to YouTubers about YouTube even though, I mean, I don't even know, do you even consider yourself a YouTuber? Yeah. That's what you are? I'm okay leaning into that. There's been so much conversation about l those labels, and uh, I like the platform, so yeah, that's what I do. I'm, mm. I'm leaning into it. Mm -hmm. Until some next platform reaches out to you and they say, here is this boatload of cash. We need you to come to this uh, platform instead, at which point you drop the YouTuber label. That's right. I'll be a Microsofter or whatever from then on. A microtuber. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Uh, yeah, this is our first time meeting each other, which always makes for interest, an interesting conversation, often not recorded. Uh, you know, like a guy like you and myself, maybe we, we would meet at some sort of a gathering or convention or something. That's yeah. how I often meet people in the space. But now this platform lets it happen on the microphones. So who knows where this might go? I got a lot to learn. So I think we should probably start at the beginning. How did this all come to be? This uh, Gerald Undone YouTube channel. I mean, roughly speak, as much as you want to share. Sure. It's, uh, I, I don't know if I like the story anymore because you tell it enough. But You've I, told it too many times? Yeah, but I've got like a concise version of it now. Okay. You know, I'm not sure if it's a good story, but we'll give it a whirl. So uh, I started a YouTube channel August 2016. So I'm right around five years, I think like just over five years. I had YouTube stuff before. I did like a 2009 YouTube channel that was just a monstrosity. I also had one, you know, you play acoustic guitar covers and that kind of thing, you know. But in 2016, uh, decided to make one with humor being the, I guess, the mission behind it. And... Um, it was like this weird variety. Like I really, I was just doing whatever I felt like doing, which is what I thought the the attitude of YouTube was. But I was already in the era where YouTube was like this focused, almost maybe 50, 60% business kind of platform. So I wasn't approaching it in a successful way. So I had probably, I think I've honestly, maybe have broken even now on have how many how many videos I've deleted versus how many are still up on my channel. Like I probably mm. made like two, 250 videos that that were gone because I was posting videos all the time. But the goal was just to make kind of whatever I felt like. A lot of it was like absurdist, surrealist comedy videos, like weird sketches and stuff like that. Intermixed with that, though, were videos about making the videos because I had access to gear and stuff like that because I ran a photography business at the time. And so maybe I would, 
I would also, I was watching Casey Neistat and he sometimes would just make a video where he's like, oh, I got a new Canon camera or whatever. And I liked those videos as well. So, and this was before I really knew much about the photo video YouTube space before, you know, Peter made it kind of like a big, big sector. How dare he, Peter, make yeah. it such a big thing. <laughs> so I was like, nobody cares about what camera you use. I mean, I like, okay, I'll make a video. What do I care? Everything's right. variety. Anyway, those videos did so much better than the absurdist sketch comedy. Like we're talking like 100 views to 100,000 views. Like it was like a huge disparity. But I had this kind of, I'm still going to do whatever I want. And I did that until like beginning of 2018. And then I was like, okay, fine. If I'm going to keep doing this YouTube game, then I know what the people want. And so mm. that's when I shifted primarily to the content that it is now. So th that's why I said the origin story is like, it's not one of those like, motivational ones so much as it was just kind of like i was just goofing around well to, to be honest with you i don't i don't i i think it's pretty typical yeah uh these this uh well this platform any platform social media it's they're confusing spaces in the sense that they all started as these user gen things and then matured and then all of a sudden you're watching highly produced things on on those platforms but early days it was a bunch of people trying to figure out maybe maybe even maybe five years ago it was more of a business as you mentioned than when i started I, i've been 10 years yeah uh, 10 years it was not obvious what you should be doing at all in fact it was barely even possible to make a career of it and so the stuff that you're talking about but like i posted this and then people didn't like it i posted this and then they did Everybody had some version of that, yeah. as far as I can tell, as far as everybody that I've talked to. Certainly when you get into like second and third projects, you start to approach them a little bit differently. Yeah, look at Will's diving deep right here. I didn't know you were this, you went this far back. Didn't you, didn't you, this is going to be my ignorance on you a little bit. Didn't you, uh, doing some bending, bending phones or something? That would have been tw uh, 20, well, he can find it. It would have been 2012. No. Does it six, six years, years ago. ago? That's when I thought you were coming up. Twenty fourteen was like yeah. six years ago. Well, that video has seventy three million views. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're not like I can't excuse you for thinking that was my <laughs> first upload. Most people uh, thought that that's what it was, but uh, there's very few. It doesn't really, uh, at least in my experience, it didn't really work that way. That it wouldn't would have in traditional media that you can have one project or video that goes really viral and then all of a sudden from that point forward you have a business my experience with it was actually quite different where it was even after that video still slow growth there were there were spikes to it but it was a, a gradual thing um, but still along the way constantly turning those dials and making those adjustments for whatever it was people wanted to see let's say um so your your story is something that I can relate to of maybe initially thinking that what people wanted was one thing and then adjusting into something else. I, I at least had a, a brand which kind of kept me honest to a particular uh, subject like or, or a particular approach, let's say. So Unbox Therapy was like, okay, these are this is going to be Wow, so that, this is, that, we went back to 2016 right now. That's my like worst video on my channel. It's the, it's the <laughs> it's oldest video, video and I left it up. That would be, that would probably be deleter. 
but I left it up just to if any because some people have commented being like I like seeing the, the where you started to where you are now so it's like okay well there's your first video if yeah. you want and and I think that might be helpful to people to see uh, progress it's it's nice to see that um, from start from where it all started I mean this is very I'm sure people have posted stuff recently that is very is similar to this and if they want to get to the to a place where you found yourself it, maybe it's okay if you're i don't know what you're doing in this video <laughs> <laughs> <Talk>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're doing in this video but it can be encouraging to people right growth growth can be encouraging to people do you find that uh it feels like people get there much faster than than when you started or even i feel like when i started like i felt like it took a while to sort of develop you know, good production quality, this and that. And now I see channels that are starting out just already at like a pretty high level, sort of riding on the shoulders of everybody that came before, you know? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, and and the fact that the tools have gotten better in the amount of time that I've been doing it too. Um, whether, it, whether it be uh, accessibility to, it's not even necessarily accessibility to equipment, it's accessibility to videos that explain what equipment you need. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's especially in my in my space. It's like that. It's like my early videos talking about equipment versus other people's early videos talking about equipment. I was building on previous videos and then they're building on my videos and then and so now people can just start out reasonably affordably with just like excellent, you know, image quality and, and audio and that kind of thing. Let somebody else prior to you make all the mistakes so you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly some of that. So anyway, you land you you landed on camera stuff and i'm curious have you been a camera guy like have, have has this been an interest of yours always yeah yeah but not to this level i applied probably a different part of myself to this um but uh you know as like a tween if that's a thing i i had like a film camera and I enjoyed it. My my father was into photography and kind of got me into it a little bit. I just used my cameras to like take photos of the the Lego things that I would build to kind of like preserve them before I would take them apart. So I had these like just film roll after roll of just Lego stuff. That was my intro into photography. And then in high school, I was like one of those kids that did everything on video. All of his projects were video. I always had like a little camcorder, you know, making these. That's probably where the like absurdist kind of thing came in. So I had like a, a hobby with it that was just self-serving completely. And then kind of put it on the, the back burner, whatever the expression is, for quite a while. And I was focused more on computers my whole life. So I just kind of leaned back into computers and tech and that kind of thing. And then when I mentioned having a photography business, uh, that was something where I brought sort of like my computer prowess into running a business on both like the systems end and everything else. And um but applied it to a photography business with my partner at the time who was a photographer and then, you know, we kind of built this thing together. Um, so that brought me into sort of the current climate of what cameras were like at that time. And I was like, these are pretty cool. And so I kind of applied this like computer nerd way of thinking into cameras and that's kind of the meeting of where the YouTube channel is now. So this uh photography business that you had previously that was was it that like a side gig or was that the your main at that time job? that was the main the main job yeah it was the main thing you were doing so and then all of a sudden you probably wanted to you wanted to be using the best gear for that business exactly. i presume and you were trying a lot of stuff and then you you maybe were the a perfect person at the time to hop on youtube and 
talk to people about that stuff? Is that like, I'm just wondering about this transition period, how you, yeah, well, how was, you go from having this successful photography business to being like, I have to post videos. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly, there's no good answer for that. I was just kind of like, you know, it'd be fun if I post really? videos to YouTube. And, and, it was it. Just a, and it was a side thing and it didn't take much time and I was just messing around with it, um, you know, between shoots, just, just goofing around. But it was at a time where cameras that were being used for photography, we were using Canon cameras at the time, like 5D Mark III and stuff like 7Ds, right. that kind of thing. They had really impressive video capabilities for like a camera that was good for, you know, sports photography and that kind of thing. It was also really good for video and it was coming right out of that sort of 5D Mark II yeah. movement. And so it, it, I think it just, that's probably what clicked. It was like, oh, you can shoot really great video on this. Yeah. Maybe I should make videos of myself doing stuff. Right. And, and there were so many questions that had to be answered. I remember that era too, where it's like all these cameras had, not like now where these, they're basically perfect. Yeah. They do everything you want and do it well. And they seem to have almost l listened to the new style of content creator and s satisfied and solved all these little problems that like I would r have been running into for the last 10 years, figuring out what the optimal equipment is for this type of business. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but there was an era there where you really needed to know how loud is the autofocus or um, it, I, I remember even being worried about external mics and uh, automatic gain control. And just, there was like so many little minor things that you had to be aware of using what were previously photography cameras for video. And if you really wanted to unlock the potential of some of those cameras, there was like extra firmware, like Magic, Magic Lantern, Lantern that you yeah. could install. Yeah, exactly. Which was, especially in the early days of that, it was some sketchy stuff where it'd be like, <laughs> careful though, you might destroy all your cameras. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. that brand new camera that you, <laughs> you've probably been tinkering with too yeah. much is also susceptible to death if you take your enthusiasm to this degree. And if you're like me though, where you like to kind of really sink into something, like maybe if you're, you got a new camera, whatever, you kind of want to know how it all works and there's that kind of inquisitive mind that I would find myself looking on YouTube or reading whatever I could read. And then I think maybe that's where there was a little bit of a hint to, well, you could maybe share your experiences with what you learned going through the same struggle because maybe other people would want to know. Again, not referencing those earlier videos because now looking back on them, I'm not sure how much I really explained <laughs> to people then. But again, I didn't know what level YouTube was at in terms of, you know, how basic do they need me to explain things? And... Uh, <laughs> This is my attempt to be you, Lou. I was doing a little unboxing here. Oh, right, uh, yeah. Um, Maybe that's a good segue because uh, I watched a little bit of this recent upload of yours about how you feel uh, somewhat conflicted over, at, I mean, this is a thing that has been a constant theme on these discussions that I've had. Uh, just the complexity of, of uh, this job where you know, this recent upload you did, you said, what, what was it? I don't do unboxing. I can't even remember the uh, the problem with unboxing videos. And you guys dove a little bit into uh, ideas around consumption and what it is that we're encouraging or partaking in. I thought it was an, an interesting conversation. It's been, and it has, since it has been a topic here, I figured maybe we could dig into it. We have time on this show. <laughs> You're the perfect person to talk yeah, to. Well, about. that too, that too, because <laughs> I feel so, like obviously connected to the, 
to the theme. Can I can I give you a little heads up though, in case any yeah. of your audience is like, "What's this guy? This guy's got, this guy's got a problem with unbox therapy." No, right. That's not it. I was I was we, I was we were just asking questions of like, no, no, yeah, you know, yeah. and I have no strong opinion on a lot of the aspects of it. In fact, I would love sometimes to just do almost like a meaningless unboxing, just because I I think I said in the in that video that. Again, maybe this is how you got started. You ever just like just be really excited about something, and and you're just like, this is really cool. You just kind of want to show it. Like when you were a kid, you probably would get like a new toy or something, and maybe a friend would come over and like, check out my new thing. Right. You kind of just want to like be excited about something. But on YouTube, there's so many more considerations to do that that you can't really. Can you really just sort of show your thing? Oh, that was a weird sentence. <laughs> on YouTube, depends <laughs> on what your thing is, but. <laughs> Uh, you can. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's normal as you go through this process to uh, f flip the questions around yourself, start to analyze what it is you're participating in. Like I, I'm with you in the sense that I, I like to ask questions. I li I like to think about things, um, zoom out. Like what is this all? What does it all mean? What is it all a part of? And also. You're, that the the headline on this video is something that I think um, has been gathering steam recently, where people are feeling to some degree uh, spent when it comes to the rapid pace of uh, yeah, totally. product development and release cycles, and it's like holy cow, man! I got to be on this train all the time, and whether it's a, I mean, on my channel, it has been an absolute crash course in mega rapid consumerism. Like it's just, here's an, you can't even imagine the number of phones that come out every I was gonna year. Say, even if you focus on one thing like phones, I'm sure you probably oh get. Oh my, like cameras, forget it. Yeah. To hear you guys talk about it is funny to me. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if you, if, if, if it's possible to, um, to have that feeling or that fatigue around a product segment which doesn't update nearly at the frequency or with the variety of brands that exist, let's say, in the smartphone space. Um, the version of it that happens here is, 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 is a very intense, concentrated version of it. And so whether it's looking at sentiment around videos, one of the, one of the comments that seems to happen more frequently now is great another video for something i can't afford or something like this i'm right. sure you 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 have the same thing but when i started that you never saw that comment you never saw that comment in the early days it was in my estimation maybe a, a consequence of how 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 much of it is out there how how much of this content is on your feed? How 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 much of it you need to see? When it was ten years ago, it wasn't like you had fifty versions of one video when a product comes out. Right. Yeah. And maybe the algorithms were the, weren't as aggressive. And oh, this guy likes laptop reviews or whatever. Let's force feed him laptop reviews for the next month or whatever. You know? And so maybe it's an amount of exposure. Maybe it's a frequency. Maybe it's a combination of all these factors that. Uh, might have the opposite effect on someone where they sit there and feel resentful. They're like, what, or maybe not even resentful, but maybe there's a just general sense of fatigue that I don't need another thing, let's say, yeah. or I have all the things that I need. So then, so there, there on that side, you have one take, you have one angle. That person's probably right, by the way. 
And I'm sure you agree that they probably have all the things they need if they're feeling that way, you know? This That's where I get conflicted on the subject because that's like one level of Zoom. And then the other level of Zoom is what exactly happens in an environment where everybody has everything they need? Well, then you have economy problems, right? <laughs> like big time. This is just a matter of how far you want to zoom out. Yeah. Actually, if you, I think if you can look at the, the pinned top comment on that video. That's something I think that I'd love to hear. You have to say, I'm pretty sure it's on that one. I pinned it because this take here where basically comparing to like, we're like the new magazines. And I can totally relate to that because when I was, when I was a kid, I would read those types of magazines that I'm, again, because I just thought things were cool, you know? So you'd hear about, oh, they're working on a new one of these. There's a new thing coming. And I guess YouTube, but I never thought the magazines were like, oh, they're just trying to sell me stuff nonstop, you know? Uh, and so this comment was like, you know, this is just the new version of magazines. And I think they were talking like TikTok being the new version of channel surfing and uh, it, it's all necessity that will always sort of exist and just in what form does it take? And I think when I think that way, I don't feel so bad about it. Like your your whole channel for Unbox Therapy is essentially just like, if you went video to video, almost just like flipping a page in a magazine of like, what's going on in the world of whatever, you know? And that's not doing any harm in the sense of uh, informing people on it. But I do think that you can take I think it really probably comes from where you are at the moment as the viewer and also as the creator. And uh, maybe that's the main reason why I like these conversations is that at least if you're talking about it, then you're not blindly doing something that you weren't even considering, you know? What do you think about that whole idea of we're just we're just magazines now in video form or whatever, you know? I, I, I think that the main difference there is that typically magazines were, would be viewed as a more of a platform themselves whereas we get tied up in this thing of like identity or influence influencer because you're a person you're a person yeah. even when we when i think about brand and my channel has a brand to it it's not the brand is synonymous with a the brand is synonymous with a person and then therefore it's being viewed through the lens of that individual. And then you start to think about persuasion differently. You start to think about, yeah, you're right. I mean, magazines weren't considered influencers, even though they were influencing people because you had multiple writers and you imagined a newsroom or you imagined a separate ad sales team. And you just, yeah, there's definitely a big removal there from, from one person that you almost are building a relationship with, which is a whole nother conversation of like, healthy understanding of a relationship from viewer to creator but i agree yeah that's a good that's a good counterpoint to that of magazines don't have a stooge behind a desk but i think it's, i think it's also it's also interesting how we get so deep into this game we benefit so greatly from it and then we can't help but criticize it in in, in other words your your story is kind of a perfect example of it once the moment that you and and you people obviously like you you probably could have had success on youtube in a number of different ways right it didn't that's very flattering well i don't know i mean i i oh, don't don't roll I, back on I, it i presume i presume <laughs> that there are plenty of people that have the cap capacity to talk about similar subjects but you've been people have selected you to be that individual which is weird, by the way. I'm sure you can relate to that. Of like, as your ch channel was growing, you're like, wait, why are so many people 
clicking on this stuff? <laughs> it, it's it, it's a, it is it actually uh, is uh, it remains abstract to me. The numbers remain abstract. I've had experiences in real life that are far more vivid as far as whatever that feeling that you're referencing. Uh, numbers don't do the same thing as actually interacting with people. Like I've been to events where there would be... Like people would come up to want to meet you and stuff like that? In numbers. Yeah. And, or there would be like a... I did a meet and greet in India, which just like blew my head up. Like I just was like... Especially because it adds a bit of foreignness to it where you're like, well, nobody's watching me in India or whatever. Then you find out how many people are or something or how many people want to meet you. Well, India specifically has been a major growth area for tech videos in general. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. but but it, I think it was, it's yeah, it's the, it was the whole package deal. And it, but to meet people in real life and, and then put faces to the numbers that exist there it is just a whole, um, uh, a, a, a much more vivid representation of that, whatever that, experience is of having people know a lot about you and you know nothing about them totally you know what i mean there's a con there's comments there's community it's easier when things are smaller and then the numbers continue to increase and the discrepancy gets bigger and it and then it becomes um harder to bridge that gap but like for example at this particular meet and greet early on i was really trying to have an individual dialogue with everybody that came up mm -hmm. trying my best at the against the advice of the organizers of that particular event they were like dude the lineup you know let's get going and i was like man these pe people came from far away i want to show appreciation and all the rest of it i, I want to, this is the one chance it's a one exposure thing here where the future perception of how that individual views myself is 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 it coming down to this moment yeah. we don't really publish a video in that way this is the only video that this person will ever see about me i better put my best foot forward here we're like put it out people can do with it what they will but in real life you're like damn i better live up to it whatever it is have you ever been caught uh just being yourself in real life and somebody recognized you and you were just like i don't want to say like you were indisposed but just you're like, well, that's not how I would rep like do, be oh myself my, on my channel. Oh my God, all this I got a story for you. This is one that I remember. It, like you said, stays with you. I, I have the same experience, but maybe not to the same degree. But when the first time I went to like NAB, uh, the fact that there was like people sort of forming a queue, I was just, I was standing having a conversation with, I don't know who it was, Matty Hapoya or something, right? And then there's like people forming a queue that just want to come up and say that they watch your channel and they like you or whatever. Yeah. That was surreal. But I've been in the grocery store in my hometown. And uh, maybe dancing around a little bit too excited about a box of cookies I found that I was looking for for a while. Picture like a big Lebowski moment. You know what I mean? And I'm just in there and I'm like doing a little jig for cookies. And right in the middle of probably the, the most awkward moment I hear down the aisle, where Jalen done? And I look over and it's like, oh my God. Because that was like, that's that's my grocery store. You know what I mean? Nobody nobody watches my YouTube videos and goes to my grocery no, store. No, impossible. <laughs> exactly, yeah. impossible. Yeah. If I go to NAB, sure, we're in your court, but not at my grocery store. <laughs> I hear you, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, definitely an absurd experience. But, but getting back to what we were talking about before, I do think we are the right people in a sense to critique the thing that we're doing because we have this exposure to it that is uh um it, it, it's exclusive you have exclusive exposure to the process sure. of all this yeah. of the the for the average person who watches your video would you upload a few times a week 
Oh, I can't really maintain that. I'm, like a, I'm like a once a week. If well, whatever. Let's say it's once a week. It's, you know, you're asking for between five and 10, maybe 20 minutes is what the individual on the other end of it sees. But then you have all the back end stuff, the emails, the relationships, yeah. the um, preparation, editing, all the rest of it. So I, I think it's, it's, it's right that we ask those, these questions about like what, what is our motivation and what is the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it and what's okay and not okay and to be to 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 be somewhat conflicted about it do you find that youtube this is this is probably where i think a lot of my conflict comes from is that it's this kind of easing what's that uh idiom or whatever about the frog that goes into the boiling pot or the water and they turn up the temperature and slowly it starts boiling or whatever i feel that youtube you you kind of go with it especially because like in the beginning like i said i just posting whatever i want i don't care if anybody's watching like, and then maybe maybe you realize that oh you can make some money doing this or maybe like oh that's working out and so you sort of pursue different little threads because for me i didn't really have a huge plan and i like you said i think people a lot of people did this strategy right and then maybe something's working and then you get excited about other things like oh i'm got offered my first sent me my first thing or got my first brand deal or whatever. And so you just start sort of doing more and more and more things. And I think at some point you have to kind of stop and be like, wait a minute, I need to reevaluate where am I now because of all just the opportunities that I took or paths that opened up, you can get pretty far down, far away. <laughs> and then you have to almost be like, what, what is going on right now? You know, like, it can be it can be surreal and can be fun, but it can also be why am I in this boiling pot? Yeah, exactly. exactly. How did how did this happen? And so I think that's why it's important to ask the questions is because no nobody else is gonna know all the little paths that, that got you there. No, man, it's uh can I ask you one of the ones that I think about about that boiling pot thing? Is because you talk about products a lot, is the value of things where when I would do my own research to buy things, and I still do that for some things like musical instruments. I don't do music at all on my channel, but I'm but I'm big into it. I have to research. I have to, and I'm careful about my money too. I'm like I don't want to spend buy the wrong guitar, or that's a big investment. You know, <laughs> that's 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 how I think about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, there's like companies will just like ship you like really expensive things just for you to tinker with, and it's like have I completely lost my sense of value on these different categories? Like you with phones, you have to probably decide if a phone seems like a good buy. But do you really have any sense of whether a phone is worth anything anymore? Do you this know what is, I mean? this, um, who did I have this conversation with? Maybe it was Dave. That it's possible to become the worst person for the job as you become the best person exactly, for the job. Exactly, right? Because yeah. then you're just like, phones, phones, phones. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, you guys want a phone? Here's a phone. I don't it, <laughs> what, if, if anybody asks me for advice on a phone, I uh, feel the need to turn around and ask them a dozen questions to feel that I can offer them any value because I can't... I It, it becomes really hard to... Um, put yourself in the shoes of the person who it's a big totally. investment yeah. and they're going to have it for a while. So you really need to put the extra effort to put those shoes on and through the form of questioning. And it's the reason that I'm actually more reluctant than ever to recommend things like on my channel. I'm more reluctant than I've ever been to say, don't buy this or this is a must buy or this is a big win or this is a, because I, I'm lacking too much information. And this is one area where I actually prefer unboxing videos because sometimes the onus isn't there to yeah. 
this is just is what it is. Have to necessarily yeah. lean into your influence, let's say, mm -hmm. and convince somebody. Happens to me in real life all the time. Someone would be like, watched your video on this, bought it. Uh, and then I realize it's two years since my video. And I realize the thing that they have, even if they love it, I wouldn't be using it yeah. now. Or, and I wouldn't be recommending it now. And I'm like, man, these are like, these are lasting experiences that these people are having with me that if I knew them in real life and could have had a more detailed look into their needs, I may have recommended something different. Right. But you also can't do that to scale. Because no, you're one person and no. you get it's infinite like a, requests. It's like know. a doctor's appointment or yeah. something, you know. So then we end up speaking in these uh, generalities, which, which for the most part, I don't. Uh, they, there's problems with those too. If you just come out and say, "Get an iPhone," mm -hmm. everybody just shut up and get an iPhone. Well, people hate you for that too. They're they're they're, they're like, well, I mean, not that I I'm currently even using one, but it's a safe bet for the masses. Yeah. And, but you're kind of eliminating your own job at that point too, <laughs> recommending the thing that's easy to recommend. So it's, I mean, I, I'm conflicted around. Right, right around where your head is right now, like I'm kind of watching your head. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like that kind of like, you know, cause it's like, it's so hard. But I've gone through a lot of phases having done it for two years or 10 years, two years, imagine, <laughs> uh, of strongly recommending things. I've been there. Yeah don't don't get this this thing's a bad value or or on the flip side of it here's the this is the one you want and it's actually life and life experience and life exposures to people who humans who have taken that advice and then m m me witnessing that in real life going oh my god that's what i did there that that has kind of pushed me away from that uh, I, and i know this sounds extreme and dramatic it sounds really dramatic. It's like, who cares? It's just a phone. Relax. Yeah. But you have inserted yourself into this other person's life. You've done that. You've, uh, your path has led you in that direction. And then, so you, it makes sense in my brain to be considerate of that. And, and I personally feel uh, more comfortable just presenting things, just saying, here's a thing. It exists. For the most part, feel, feel the way you feel about it and make of it what you will. I think that's probably the best argument for, like if, if you were to add on to my video, that would be probably be the best argument for unboxing serving a more altruistic purpose than what we consider reviews to be the sort of, that's the, that's the proper thing. A review, unsponsored review, that's the high level. But like you said, it's so hard not to pour something specific about yourself into the review that maybe doesn't apply to somebody and then they tell you they bought it and that's the wrong thing for them. And you know how I, I'm, it was your Dave Lee uh, podcast that you mentioned that video where you uh, made everybody pull out their phones to be like, are they putting their money where their mouth is kind of thing. So something I do try to do, but there's even a caveat on that, is I try to update people on what cameras I'm using to make my videos and you know keep accurate information with that so that it's not like, I told everybody to buy this, but I'm actually using that. The problem though is I can switch cameras a heck of a lot more frequently than other people can too. So even that feels slightly... I think I was talking off axis there. Apologies to your audiophile listeners. <laughs> no, Will, Will's fine. Look, he's still <laughs> nodding. <laughs> um, 
that uh, you you with phones, you with everything. Well, even with camera gear, we were just talking about your your new loadout of cameras, right? Uh, nobody can do that. Nobody can get all those A ones, you know. So even if you told people, like, these are the cameras we're using, yeah, it's completely unrealistic, you yeah. know. So I try to tell people what camera I'm using so they know where does where does you know Gerald and Dunn, where does he use? But even even that information feels it's brutal. Yeah, because you know what you just did. You put it out there to a bunch of people who are just starting out who should definitely not be spending that money on cameras. Yeah. Did you see that video I made where it was like, what, is, what are all the YouTubers using for camera gear? It was like a month or two ago. I have not seen I, that. I didn't invite you to be in it, but... I'm still offended. <laughs> um, it's more recent than this, if you're trying to find it. It's like right near the top. It's got a thumbnail with like Marquez and yeah, right there. Oh, so you got to hear about red cameras and everything. Yeah, he was the only one that was like, I'm shooting on red. He yeah. got a bunch of like jokes in the comments of people being like that guy with the red camera that like people had never heard of marquez they're right. like who's that guy with the red camera yeah, like get out of here <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah a lot of people watched this video and it it showed the <laughs> tom green yeah <laughs> it showed the um that's that gap that you're talking about where i think the majority of people here were using the sony a7s3 which is like 3500 us right and this wasn't a video of like, what should people starting a YouTube channel buy? It was more of just, it'd be interesting to see what people are using. But I think a lot of people are like, got it. If I want to be a YouTuber, I have to buy the Sony A7S III. And it's like, no, that's not what your first purchase should be at all. You right. Know? So it's so hard to, to balance that. Um, well, then that, and that, and that comes, that kind of gets into the realm of uh, the history of endorsements. People don't want the thing they don't necessarily want the thing that's best for them. They want the thing that somebody that they that's fair. That's a good look point. up to uses, whether they whether they should have it. Like that's I, huge I, in sports. I often think about Michael Jordan. I often think exactly, about yeah. the Jordan brand. You're never going to be as good as these professional level sports players, but somehow you got to have their shoes. They <laughs> they ran a commercial. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember that commercial series. Uh, come like fly like it must be the shoes it must be the shoes right that he's dunking and this is i don't know if you can play it or not it's a was it spike lee and michael jordan 1989 it's got to be the shoes crazy yeah. man imagine you publishing could this you, yeah could you get away with that kind of stuff with, uh, <laughs> with this cable right here <laughs> it's got to be the cable it's <laughs> ridiculous it's it's wild, but and and this was the beginning of it that the 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 beginning of this at least that you, you wanted the thing that the guy had or that the guy used. And in this case he used it in the game. And in our world the game is YouTube. Or yeah. in our world the game is making videos. And so you can say really loudly a thousand times, here's the best camera to get yourself up and running. And then they're going to go, yeah, but what are you using? Yeah, exactly. Now? What are you using? And then, and then half of the audience will flip on you and be like, must be nice. You know, like, <laughs> be like, all right, I'm using A1. It costs 6,500 US or something. They're like, oh, it must be nice. I, I can't make videos. And then it's like, well, then, no, now I'll make a video explaining how you can do it with a cheap camera, you know? And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like trying to balance out your overall portfolio of are you evil or not, you yeah. know, like evil's well, a strong word. No, but. I mean, you're definitely evil, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all contributing to the, <laughs> to the demise. <laughs> yeah, I, it is. It's really, 
it's amazing. You have this this platform, YouTube, and in the early days, it did it did really feel as though uh, you were when it was user generated, you were connecting with another person on the other end, and uh, there was there was. Uh, the the proposal has certainly changed over time, right? That there's, I mean, you rarely bump into content now that isn't part of a bigger project or somebody's job. Yeah. I mean, almost never. I think that's what I meant when I was like, I didn't realize that YouTube was already 60% business at that point where it's like, this was a job for a lot of people. I, I When I started in 2016, I, my head was still in 2010. I thought it was like, this is what people do. And I was wrong. Like, you know, you got to, organize your content and get your plan together and develop a brand and you know and all like it that's what's there now yeah that's absolutely what's there and maybe we could go beyond youtube and that and just include all of social media that we have we have become have you been on instagram lately a little bit that's as much as you should be uh i went on there i think like two days ago and i saw just to see what was on the home feed every once in a while I like this is where these platforms are because i'll see somebody say something on twitter and i'll be like what are they talking about you know and i go look and i couldn't find a single thing that wasn't part of some play or even advice on how to make an instagram play and it's all reels <laughs> and it's all doing this thing you know what i'm talking about that that like that dance one that people do or whatever it was like literally just a hundred of those i'm like just like flipping through them and every one of them was like an attractive person being like, do you want to get your Instagram success or whatever? And they're like doing these like dances and stuff. I was like, what am I, what is going on? You know, it was like, there's right. nobody just posting a photo of like right. cute dog that, that, that doesn't exist anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it does, but it just wouldn't. No, yeah, nobody's going to show it to me. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the performance wouldn't be comparable and therefore wouldn't surface and therefore no one's seeing it and therefore it doesn't exist. Yeah. The tree in the woods thing. That's, that's sad <laughs> yeah but but hey i mean it's uh, it's it's hard for me to be critical of it because we're game players too yeah i mean have you ever changed a thumbnail that unboxing <laughs> one i did <laughs> you know what i mean like what what game what game what game is it it's uh what's good and bad i should point that i'm terrible at uh at youtubing when it comes to titles and thumbnails and stuff like that i see other channels you know even your videos that are just like i'm like well that's a good one and then i, I don't know what i'm doing and i've tried a couple times changing thumbnails i have like a when i do certain types of videos i have a trend to it that kind of looks the same and those work because people recognize it I don't, even if i don't put a face in it that mm. kind of thing but i don't know I, I have this battle even about clickbait which i'm totally on the side of people who say shut up clickbait's fine if you're delivering on the video Stop stop whining about clickbait. But at the same time, I feel guilty as I'm writing the title. And I used to title my video stuff just like, I don't, I don't really know. I'll be exaggerative, but something like, you know, review of a camera used for making videos or like just like some terrible title like that or mm -hmm. because I felt like I need to be, I need to be so descript and fair. Uh, video number 17. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so now I feel like I'm trying to find some sort of midline between, this is a good shot there of kind of, that's that's me at my most Gerald Undone kind of thing where like you know it's it's still pretty pretty fair on the titles I just maybe put like one one emphatic word in there like fastest <laughs> I see a couple all caps yeah exactly yeah, I got you yeah <laughs> but nothing I don't do any like screamy face thumbnails or anything like that and and uh the funny thing is I don't believe against it 
I don't have any opinions that are like, no, you shouldn't do that. I think mm-hmm. you should do that. You should get people to watch your stuff. It, it, it also depends on your comfort level with actually acting it out. Like the process of making an expression. Like, does somebody enjoy that? I don't know. <laughs> nobody you, does. You know what I mean? But it's work, right? Like yeah. there's a certain element of it, which is work too. And certainly when you start, uh, w- w- at some point you'll be looking back on some video that you put out and you will determine whether it was a success or failure, right? Yeah. Almost always, almost with every single video. And if you care about it and you, you, want that video to be successful then you find yourself making the concessions you find yourself in the boiling pot all over again the same the same scenario as before who and what are you answering to who's your boss i don't know like what how we ended up where we ended up i think so all thumbnails on youtube are that how did we end up here (laughs) i like that that sounds like a good youtube title (laughs) 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 it's true i mean i i Anyway, so you have this channel. Things are going well. You're uh, you're the camera guy on YouTube. Is there um, any potential that there's other projects that come out of you creatively for YouTube? The, uh, yeah. Is there is there is there any plan in your head? Is the plan to continue to grow this that you are like hyper committed to it? Is the plan to uh, launch anything else or I'm on the precipice I think of either just sort of retiring retirement or or going in a different direction or okay I'll tell you I'll tell you what it is this is this is what I want to do I want to keep making videos but I don't want to have to care about what or why or anything but because I've turned this into my business now and this is my primary income and everything else there's like a responsibility to oh, I gotta gotta keep you know if especially if you're kind of like on top you you want to keep that same sort of revenue coming in. You want to ride it out while you can, right? Because I have this feeling that eventually somebody's going to turn the lights off on me and I'm not going to be, somebody's going to pull the plug. I'm like So many people on YouTube. I, th- I think you need to have, have that, that sense. Otherwise, I think you're being overzealous and kind of like maybe maybe dangerous, living dangerously. So <laughs> I like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a pragmatist. It's funny saying it that way. Well, I'm out here living dangerously. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm making I'm making pretty good money right now, and and I'm getting pretty good numbers relative to my space and stuff like that. So you know this is a bit of a niche. So if you can get fifty hundred thousand views on an upload or whatever, then that's a good like baseline thing, right? And so I'm thinking there's this part of me that's like, man, you got to capitalize on that. You don't want to be five years from now and be like, why didn't I just keep doing that? But there's also another part of me that's like, I would love to be able to just do whatever the heck I want to do on YouTube, upload when I feel like it, whatever I feel like when I'm excited about something. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to find this, this, that's what my last like, you know, few videos have been me experimenting is what it would be like if I was doing that and that kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know what the future is for, for Gerald and Don on YouTube. I think that I'll probably continue to post to some effect and I'm not shutting her down today, you know, but I don't know that I'm like, like how long I am. I don't know how long I am for this world. <laughs> <laughs> this got dramatic. This got sentimental here quickly. Uh, no, I, I think it's I don't like, think I could do 10 years is, is what I mean. Well, I you got I five. I don't know how I did five. Exactly. You see what I mean? <laughs> it's, you, you know, it's, it's once you're in it, it's kind of hard to get out of. You see people 
We make it, if you add that sentence to the earlier one of like the boiling pot, you're like, once you're in, it's hard to get, what are we talking about, a gang? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's the YouTube gang, all right? Once you're in, you're in for life. There's probably kids that were thinking about getting on YouTube and they would listen to this and they're like, I don't know. You <laughs> see people who, who even have struggled and tumbled a lot very publicly and they don't get off. They don't just put it down. They keep the camera rolling as the whole crumbling takes place. Yeah. I think it's once you've built that communication path or pattern, it becomes an almost autopilot type of behavior that it's just sort of what you do, that you get used to the flow of publishing and then watching and then comments and analytics or what I don't know, whatever the whole uh, structure of the thing is. Like even if you were to take away some of those elements, like how hard it would be be to do this job without a view count, let's say. Imagine it was hidden from us and from the audience. That's a really interesting thought. I, I don't know. I, I was thinking, I was going to say, I was going to say, if you still got kind of like the same rewards, whatever you're in it for, maybe it's like, maybe you're just purely doing it for a paycheck. I suppose if the paycheck remained the same, you'd be like, I guess I'm doing a good job. But are we are we actually living off the metrics? I know there's times where I've thought I wish that there was no like dislike thing, or and I've even thought about like the the level of what comments should be, because I don't know that dislikes for a channel like mine serve a purpose. I can understand if you're posting a certain type of thing. I'm not really posting much in the way of like experimental stuff anymore, anything like that, and I'm not really going to change much based on a like or dislike thing. So all that happens is maybe a video will have one percent more dislikes, and it gets me too in my head about something. Uh, that's not serving a purpose for me, you know? Well, m most social media platforms got rid of it and YouTube talked about it and then it was controversial. There's a lot of backlash. I think audiences like seeing it even when they don't use it, knowing that there's some, that they have some kind of uh, ab ability or authority to be heard in that way. Maybe it's a time commitment. Maybe if you click on a 20 minute video, it's like it's like what, checking reviews for a movie before you put your money down. You know, you're like, I don't want to go to the movies, and it's only got a 30% of Rotten Tomatoes. You know, so they're looking at the RT score of your YouTube video there and being like, mostly positive. All right, I'll give it a listen. You sure, know? I think it's a threshold thing. I don't think 95 or 96 or 97 matters, but but I'm in there granularly looking at the like 95. What five. did I do wrong? Down. Where's my 98? Yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah. it's over. It's over. Kind of packing it. You've packed it in already multiple times in <laughs> this podcast. It's not. I promise it's not my goal. But many who come here and have this conversation are uh, questioning their future in the business. Hey, maybe that means you're asking good good questions. Here. Well, no, I think I think it's it is a still a new and emerging thing. And there's never been anybody ever on earth that's done this specifically for 20 years. Yeah. But there have been, there's plenty of careers that have hundreds of years of history. So you can be like, oh yeah, that guy did do that forever. In media, pre-YouTube, you would have a hit show, 10 seasons would be like, that show crushed. Yeah, they'd be, or, or normally around season 10, they'd be like, they should have they finaled that three seasons ago. Exactly. <laughs> but this isn't set up that way. We're people and we get old and our audiences get old and how long are they hanging in there and yeah. how long is this a part of their life like this is something that i think about about uh, my own fandom around certain things at different stages how different it is now than it was like 
try to think of a thing that you've been as big of a fan of uh, now that as you were 10 years ago, because I've been yeah. doing this for 10 years. That's a good point. There's, there's not a lot. Yeah. Not if you're growing as a person. And so this expectation that I can somehow meet the criteria of somebody who signed up for this whole thing 10 years ago, that's not the same person. You know what, you know what I like about you so far, Lou? Uh, this is my little early review. Because I don't know, I'm Jim in the camera over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a ham. Because uh, it's true, we, we've talked for maybe like, I don't know, 45 seconds before we started rolling this thing. Um, so I like how multiple times... I thought I knew what I was going to say based on like how you'd be you'd be structuring a sentence, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting point. You know what? Would be a good. And then you'll say something, and I'll be like, oh. And then you make me like go into the tank to actually think about it. You, you're very you're very provocative. Uh, insert th a, insert, th a, th insert a sexy photo. Th th thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I've ever been called provocative before, so I'll take it. Uh, I, I, for, for for me, when I'm thinking about it or talking about a topic, I just I'm constantly trying to go further away from it. Like, okay, we get to one degree of abstraction, and what about two? What about three? What about four? Oftentimes, it leads you nowhere. But maybe you don't, we don't, or at least maybe I don't go there that often, you know, at least not publicly or something. Well, so. actually, but actually, I'll give you credit in the sense that I don't think any of those doors get unlocked unless you're in uh, a conversation. That's the best thing about this show. Like this, this here is not unbox therapy. Right. This here is no YouTuber therapy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's but, is the couch. But the best part about it is that there's zero finesse, right? All the extra, all the lipstick and the stuff that we do for the other projects is not here. You're not going to find it here. This title, this video will be your name. This video will have a number beside it. The thumbnail will be you, you and me. And what I think, the reason that I value this is not for the game playing component, but for the actual conversation, which just happens to be recorded. Right. If uh, you and I just met, I'd like to think we'd have the same conversation. I think you'd know that YouTubers do talk about this stuff when they're not being recorded. You, Absolutely. You know that for sure, yeah. It's I one of the reasons why I think YouTubers have YouTuber friends. So that they can just because it's so weird, and and they know they understand it. It's you know, it's um. Actually, that that I got a question for this. If we're just having a real conversation, this, we absolutely are this having is, a real conversation. <laughs> okay, now I figured that out. Yeah. This is what I would ask you at this point. Um, what YouTubers do you watch, and you aren't allowed just to say your friends because they'll feel bad if you don't say it. Because I think we can, if if we're similar at all, you have channels that you watch because you got to support the team. Right. Right. But then you have videos that you watch when you're like eating your Cheetos or whatever because they actually you enjoy them. You know, what are those channels or videos or even genre that you go to? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll start by saying that there's probably never been a time in my life where I've watched less YouTube than right now. That's interesting based on everything we just talked about. I, uh, I'm I'm really not available for YouTube. I have uh, kids, and they will they will take one hundred percent of availability. Do they watch YouTube, or they, do, you, do you use YouTube to entertain them? Or how old they, are they? Okay, so um, I have three. I have a re really small one, and then I have a 
nine and 11 year old. Okay. And they are uh, super engaged in outdoor activities, like like doing things, sports, sports and things like this. And I have injected myself into there in such a fashion that I have so little time to do, to be the old me, to be the, to, to, to just, um, because I always, I used to watch, I always used to watch YouTube in a fashion. You, you said like the two versions of it, when you say support the team or whatever, Mm -hmm. I would treat it more kind of like a fact finding mission. Like I'm almost watching videos and examining the analytics more than watching the actual video. Of other people? Not 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 like I'm on somebody's social blade account, but that I'm kind of examining the page and the project as a whole. Like, oh In an unhealthy way or in an okay way? Oh uh, like that like you know, competition bad for the psyche kind of mindset or no 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 no, no not at all. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> like like put your lab coat Making on. Notes. <laughs> put your lab coat on. Like, huh, that's what people are gravitating towards I now. See. Um it's not really your source of entertainment. I'm sure it was at one time. Well, you wouldn't be on the platform. There would be probably. times I'd bump into um, a style of video that I hadn't seen, haven't seen before, and then all of a sudden I'd be like, "Huh, you know, I, I like that that thing exists. I'm I I like that this. Uh, me and Will do this. We would bump into a channel. I'd be like, "Did you see that yet? It would be like I don't know some 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 dude restoring a Hot Wheels car or something type of thing, or uh, some some type of woodwork or. I, I, I find it interesting when some trend will emerge as the new thing that people are. Oh, the subway guy, the the dude who was just making subway sandwiches with a GoPro on his head. I didn't. I didn't see that one. That's fun. <laughs> so, so 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 just like. Oh, he's he's diversified. He's doing watermelon now. <laughs> what was the uh, old one? How to basic. That was refreshing. Got it like through eggs on stuff or whatever? Yeah, the egg guy. <laughs> no, but his whole thing was a troll in the sense that it was a tutorial. Right. But it wasn't. Um, well, I mean, that's, you know what? That's good that you're getting out there and in life? running around, playing sports. In in life? Yeah. I'm, I'm really, in, I'm really, uh, uh, I'm in the community lately. I think I... I clicked on something when I was trying to find a podcast. I, I was trying to find a full length one for my drive up here. And I clicked on something that was like 10 minutes long. And all it was, I think, was you and Will. And you're like, I'm out there. I'm out there. You'll see me. I'm out there in the community. I was, I was like, what, what am I clicking on? Is this what I'm guesting on today? What does this mean that I'm in the community? It really means that I'm not on my phone that much. Like, it truly means that. And I'm having a hard time even recollecting the time where I would have uh, been watching Netflix and YouTube and, and all this stuff. Can I, can I ask you how old you are? Are you okay sharing that? 36. I'm 35. I turned 36 this year. I mean, I think it makes sense. You talked about Dave with like evolving, you know, are the things that Dave was saying, are they just subject to him getting older or are they, you know, indicative of something else? And I think maybe it's a mixture of, especially I think when you have kids and you're, as your kids are getting older and stuff like that, you're, you know, what the things that you derive value like value from are they change too yeah it's a very um uh comprehensive experience it it's uh all encompassing if you're paying attention uh how much you change as a person you thought you knew yourself and then all of a sudden you're like oh 
that 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 old that old guy is not. I'm not that impressed with that guy anymore. Which of course begs the question about YouTube brand consistency and whether or not you become less authentic as time moves on or not, or whether you have to. If, I guess suppose if you don't evolve as a brand, you un undoubtedly would become That's less. That's good. I like where you, I like that. Um, the way that I view the the, the I think it's imperative to change if you're to be authentic. It's imperative to to pivot to change directions to make U turns and all this. It's nearly impossible to do that on your main project, whatever your job happens to be. And I've talked about it many times as far as unbox therapy is concerned. It's like, it just is a thing. I don't even, it feels like a thing that's outside of my control at this point. And I think the health, healthiest way to interact with it is to treat it as such. It's a show. It's not me. It's a show. Right. And then. And in that case, you can feel that you're just, you're satisfying your viewers. Like you're producing the show that the viewers want. And it doesn't have to be you and what you're, I don't know, where you are mentally all the time. It, it provides you with different rules. Once you admit that if this is broadcast, you're making shows, it's... It's almost like you're writing for the character. You know what sure. you know what Elaine would do on the show, so you have sure. to write Elaine. Because know? it's not you anyways. Yeah. And 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 trying to rectify the the crap we were talking about at the beginning here, trying to rectify that in your own head this uh the complexity of being you on camera authentically you figuring out what all that means and how it's even possible to condense a person into an eight minute upload or whatever or all the varieties of ways that you would talk to every single individual that clicked on the thing that's a good point too yeah you talked to some version i've actually asked this question to people or given advice on that where people have trouble talking to camera that's a really common thing i think people starting up on youtube do you remember the first time you tried to record a YouTube video? Just probably like how weird and Absolutely. bad you were at yeah, it. You know? sure, yeah. Weird. You, you were probably hyper analytical of the weird pauses you were making and how you were breathing and stuff like that. It's weird. So I feel like now in my head when I'm doing YouTube video, I am talking to somebody. I'm not sure who it is or how I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm definitely talking to somebody. It's like this thing I've made up in my head and they're just, they're in the camera. Yes. And I know that, they, and maybe it's just from, like you said, you get, comments and they grow when you get more feedback maybe you sort of build this gray amalgam of a of a of a youtube viewer based on all the stuff you have and they're just like in your camera and you're just kind of yelling at them that's how i feel would you say a similar kind of thing to you like are you talking to somebody I, it helps when you have other people though right because yeah. you can kind of play off of them yeah i would say that i, I would look at um I, I would look at the our our pr production the scale of our production and the progression of how we produce things as a major uh, change factor in how I perceive what we're doing. So if I, when I started posting videos, it was just me, right? Yep. And so I was sitting there editing, looking at my own face, right? Listening to my own voice. Uh, I think in, that is such an absurd and strange experience that we, we, we kind of, to stay sane, have to envision this other person that we're talking to. Yeah. Uh, like what? Like Castaway with the volleyball. It's a great, great analogy. You, yeah. you're, you're alone. So you invent a friend and you talk to that friend. However, once as the production continued to grow and people came along and the actual surroundings were no longer my master bedroom closet, <laughs> it became evident to me that this is a show. That's the, that's the transition. And then at that point, I don't think 
you necessarily have to generate that artificial um, character that you're speaking to to the same extent because you're uh, you're on a stage. You, yeah, and you, you get comfortable with that. You, you, yeah, you no longer try to deny the fact that there's a stage there. It's interesting. I wonder what that does to the ego. Uh, Being on stage all the time. Well, you, the thing is, when that, you when you come to accept the fact that you're on stage, that's when that weird YouTuber, borderline sociopath kind of thing comes out. You know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and and, but I don't think that it's necessarily avoided by ignoring the fact that there's a giant stage in your room. The stage being your platform. Right, because self-awareness probably doesn't hurt either. You know? it, yeah, if, if you're going to be on a stage, you might as well admit, like, admit that that's what's going on. And try to be as altruistic as you can, hence the big conversations we were having of like, what's the right thing to do? You know? Sure. Being responsible. Sure. I, and, I, and by the way, I think the whole thing is it's, it's progressive. Like it, that you, there's, 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 there's no expectation that all these elements should be recognized early on in, in this process because it just takes so much time and discovery to to uh, uncover what's really happening. Because especially now where the tools of participation are so easily access accessible, yeah. everybody's a content creator. But the general consensus when you go and post something is not one of broadcast. It's like we, we changed the words around. Oh, you're just sharing. Are you mm. just sharing? Why is that resulting in um, certain benefits that are exclusive to you and not the people on the other end of it? Like I always felt before I was participating in social media as a business, I always felt it strange that people were contributing all this content for no obvious reward. For a thumb or a poke or a click or yeah. a pat or a kick or whatever. <laughs> It was like I had no zero footprint on social media. I remember when Facebook was starting to take off and people could just couldn't stop posting. And it was like immediate to me, I had this immediate feeling of who the hell, who, who's, who, 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 who's the beneficiary, right? Who's winning here in this scenario? I couldn't help it. It's just the way I saw it. Like... Content used to be hard. It got really easy. And there's a handful of platforms that became the buckets for all of it. YouTube was the only place that pretty early on said, uh, we're going to do a revenue split. Right. We're going to at least put some money on the line so that... Um, of course, that immediately created the, the bad YouTube of you know, sensational clickbait farming for that revenue and stuff like that. Except I would say that that actually, because I've been doing it for 10 years, that took time. To like evolve into what it was? It, it, exactly. There was a an interim golden age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but there was an interim where I just think you had kind of a, a nice balance to it where it was people who were invested in what they were doing, the craft being consistent, uh, supplying content for the machine you had uh without uh them being sophisticated enough to fully engage with the monster at every angle yeah like which is what it is now uh, obviously because it's so hard to get a goddamn click that i mean there's not really much choice in the matter 
So, but anyway, uh, getting 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 back to this, getting back anyway, <laughs> getting back to this show versus is like I started to think about because I had been on podcasts in the past unformatted, right. no edits. I was trying to discover where is the finesse, where is the uh, where's the grease, and then I was like, well, it's in all the decisions. It's it's in all the little micro mods that you make to the thing the packaging on box therapy the packaging right in the absence of packaging you now have a shot at authenticity at least a shot it's still hard we're still wearing headphones we're still sitting in a enormous room like there's problems but you have a shot at having an exchange here conversation so far for me is like the best version of the opportunity that I've seen to put something out into the world that is uh, abundant, has the nuance necessary to be for you to feel, to not feel guilty about. And I think the, the way that you're formatting it is like you said, the packaging, whatever I, we, before you even mentioned that we talked about, well, why don't you just put up like just a plain thumbnail with number 13 or whatever you said. That's essentially what you're doing for the podcast, right? So It's pretty close to that. Yeah. Who, who, who knows? I mean, this guy might go put like a flame emoji in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a frog in a pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, for the clips, he, it's free reign. The clips are YouTube. I don't think this is YouTube right here. Like, that's what I like about it. This does not feel like YouTube. I mean, you could tell me, I should ask you. You're here, you're sitting there. This is a thing. We're recording this. D does this feel like YouTube to you? I ha My head is so far up YouTube's butt, whatever that means right now, that I, you saw even, I kept feeling guilty because it was like, oh yeah, that's good. I'm doing visual things. It's like, well, what if people are listening to this? I can't get my head out of the visual space. So I, I'm very YouTube oriented right now, you know? And I, I sometimes I think I have difficulty seeing the different um you know viewing frames for different people but i also don't know that i have a clear indication of what youtube is i know what like my specific youtube is right and i know what the people who do the same thing i do in my space like you said you can go around looking at other videos and and you know that they're only going to be iterations on what photo video youtubers are doing right now but that's also such a small slice of youtube that i feel like i have no real sense of what of how to pin YouTube as like one simple thing, but this feels like it belongs as another slice of YouTube, you mm. know? Cause I mean, with Joe Rogan being on Spotify, that huge deal, yet I still picture him in this little, his little podcast setup, sitting across from somebody. That's what I see. So I see that as a YouTube video. Mm. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't though. So maybe all I'm saying is don't listen to me. <laughs> what do I know? No, I uh, I think it's fair. I think a lot of people have a different perception of what of what constitutes YouTube. I think uh, this kind of maybe exposes more uh, my my uh, conflict or difficulty in in um, like how much time I spend thinking about a video versus uh, the other uh, accoutrement, the other pieces around it, like thumbnail title uh i that 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 to me it was like i don't know maybe 50 50 like do people even want to see that is it a good concept let's say 
there's none of that piece here. This is just record. I, I love the freedom there. That's kind of when I was like, I felt like I was at a precipice where like, I wish I could just do whatever I want to do. I don't know if it would just become conversations. I don't know what it would be. Like obviously I'm doing this thing with Josh from Make Art Now. That's the last like seven or eight videos where we're just having this kind of conversation, you know, and seeing if there's a video in there that we can, we, we hired an editor to see if we can like, if an editor could find a like 15 to 20 minute video in that, <laughs> that maybe would pre present some kind of value based on what we're doing. But I like it because there's a bit of like freedom in that, you know? And it seems like, I mean, if you're only four episodes deep, what do you know? But it seems like you're enjoying the, yeah. that aspect of this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, it's funny because it's four episodes recorded but it's probably a thousand conversations that have felt this way. So you're just that trying, I, you're just trying to seize it, like grab those conversations. It, yeah. It's almost more like, like a documentary of such. Like or, or th this is, a, a, what is the date today? 26, 25, 26? Well, I don't know when people are watching it, but it's, it's, it's this, right now today, this is Gerald Undone, August 26th, 2000, 2021. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> well, but like I'm saying, it, are, would you deny that it's you? No, it's me. Yeah. yeah, it's you. It's you today. That feels like it's worth something. I don't know. People can just, you can disagree with me. The other, other you know, people can disagree with me, but I never dread sitting down here because I feel that I'm, I'm more, uh, uh, participant and observer, less of a manipulator in that. When I sit down here, it's full comfort level. I just, I'm just here, you know. I, I wish these, I'm, I'm really actually happy for you about that. You know, that, that's awesome. It's not any uh, processes running in the background. It's just present. That sounds enjoyable, in in for in your head. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that you're having the same experience of well, being for me, present. I, it's a lot less pressure for me in general because I'm not the one that's going to be posting it and everything else. So being a guest is great for that. It'd be great if you could almost like be a guest on your own, have the same guest mentality, mm. but in your own channel, you know? Because, mm. yeah, when you, you know, when you're posting to your main and it's going to be some kind of flagship video, there's a lot of... Stakes and pressure I like and what stuff. You just, I like what you just said. Be a guest on your own channel. At least have that, whatever that, that freedom is. That sounds really cool. <laughs> they sound, Put that in a bottle and drink it. Well, it just sounds more <laughs> psychologically healthy because, man, it's like I, sometimes we're holding too many strings, you know? Again, you're a person in a closet talking to themselves, editing themselves, listening to themselves, yeah. watching themselves back a hundred times. Yeah. You know? Talking about Bo Burnham right now. Right. I was talking about you, but yeah, it's no, 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 no. I know, but that's why everybody in the but space that's what resonated with was it. About, yeah. yeah, that inside man. I mean, because it's it's just that's that's all of us. That, that's all of us. Yeah, totally. Yeah, couldn't couldn't resonate harder with something, but I also could never produce or articulate something that good either. Yeah. But I also I also couldn't help but think, okay, this is on Netflix. Why isn't it on YouTube? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Isn't that weird? Shouldn't that have been on YouTube? Or maybe it's right that it's not because you get to step maybe away and look right, at it. Maybe yeah. it's right that it's not. Yeah. But I couldn't help but consider the platform and, and like what and how our different 
approach to different platform ex platforms exist from a um, attention perspective. Like you see the Netflix logo and you're like, okay, I can stay in one spot for a while. Right, yeah, because it's feature length, right? It's like 86 minutes long. I can sit down. Yeah. And yet when you see the YouTube logo, flip, 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 and yeah. they're not helping, obviously with shorts, bang, 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 bang. Is the the the, the uh, brand around the platform uh, encourages the behavior? It it cr creates the um, the activity is is uh, relative to the proposal, and yeah. in this case, the proposal is, and we're all learning all the time, whatever YouTube happens to be. But the proposal is all the videos all the time, everything you want. What was this? What was it? A little bit of everything all the time. A little bit of everything all the time. Yeah. And then we get upset when we get a you know four minute watch time it's like no that's the thing i'm totally one of those people that gets kind of like about the lack of attention span you know and how we push and promote it further in that direction oh baby attention spans are something we should be developing oh not, baby not rewarding you know I, I'll just, I'll, I know you already talked about this. So I don't want to, you know, go over this entire game. But if I'll add a note to your other conversations, is that has anything ever been done that's worthwhile that came from having a short attention span ever, and in any field, even Bo Burnham's inside. You know what I mean? Like, has anything ever been where you go? Have you seen this person's skill? Have you seen that thing that was made? Everything requires prolonged focus mm -hmm. and when and we're in an age where it's people are struggling with that for real reasons and so we as creators and platforms and everything should be building you know building that back up not constantly making it shorter and and uh and rewarding with whatever they're doing with their numbers and their you know brain chemicals that you're just like yes you know we need to we need to work against that as a society because I think I think at some point we're going to lose more great things. We're, we'll have fewer great things coming if we don't have attention spans. You know? Yeah, or, or you create a discrepancy between those that are capable, those that produce, and then those that consume. Those that have... And it'll be a huge A huge gap, gap yeah. because there will be... Um, and the, the the people in the middle of the gap, the people selling medication. <laughs> that's that's what'll be bridging the gap, you know. Pharmaceuticals. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good too. Like what you said, not the idea of it, but <laughs> not actually doing like, how, it. But. How can I get in on that business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, in the, it's like it, what do they call it? Attention economy. I mean, those that are uh, capable of uh, spending enough time creating a thing in order to accumulate other people's attention and erode other people's attention span right that's terrifying that you have these 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 uh, sophisticated minds working effortlessly uh, spending enormous amounts of attention in order to extract the attention span from others yeah like building the algorithms that will do it like these people have a tremendous attention span the, those it's that are, so good that's so good yeah that's that's what happens i guess when and it, and it makes it almost like 
Yeah, like you're you're weaponizing against the peons or whatever who, you know. Attention exchange. Like, <laughs> I'll, tr I'll trade you. I'll trade my extreme amount of attention. Like, because we're crazy, mm -hmm. right? Anybody publishing anything is, is, do, is doing, like, way more effort than it looks like. At, at best, they're all, like, non-neurotypical, you know? And at yes. worst, like I said, we're, like, psychopaths. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so we will trade... 10 minutes of our time for one minute of, um, you know, 10,000 people's time. Yeah. And then the math works for us or for those building the algorithms or for those maintaining the platforms or whatever it happens to be. Some kind of, and because of residuals too, it's like this like compounding interest of attention where you're like, this video will, I'll grab a couple minutes forever, hopefully, or whatever, you know, in the short term. I'll take your time forever. Yeah. <laughs> You'll keep coming back due to search or something. I'll have, yeah. I'll have some of that time right there. <laughs> you got any time in your pocket? <laughs> Today's sponsor, Blender's Eyewear, fresh out of San Diego, California. These uh, were started by Chase Fisher, and he was selling his beachy shades out of his backpack while doubling as a surf instructor on Pacific Beach. He wanted to create adventurous mid-priced eyewear uh, with the same cool factor as other leading styles. You can get... Uh, cool, cool looks like this for the summer. You can also get prescription sunglasses. They have the the pair that will float as well. And for myself, actually, what I put it in order it, because I need a lot of sunglasses when I'm out on a baseball diamond. I've been doing a lot of baseball coaching, and I don't know if you knew this, Will, but you got to have the shades on. Mm -hmm. The sun is dipping. You play in the evening. It's square in your eyes. You got to have some protection. I'm excited to get my first pair in the mail right now. I'm looking for these, the black jacket. That's a polarized lens as well. There's more information about polarized lenses on their website, but can't wait to throw those on. Next ad read, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the shades on during the read. All right. If that's all right with you, Will. Yep. The team has uh, designers constantly coming out with new styles. Head over to the website, check it out for yourself. To score 15% off your Blenders purchase, visit BlendersEyewear.com and enter promo code LUELATERVIP. That's BlendersEyewear.com, code LUELATERVIP for 15% off. Blenders rocked with pride worldwide. Click the link in the description. Don't forget the promo code LUELATERVIP. Something I wanted to ask you about was, uh, and I'm not sure if this is the case for you or not, uh, for me... I went from a, from one person doing everything to a team of people. Uh, do you currently work with anybody else? And if not, do you have any plans to work with with anyone else on for your stuff, your channel? I've, you know, contemplated that quite a bit. Uh, the only thing right now that I'm working on is for that sort of podcasty kind of thing that we're doing. We have an editor doing that because we thought it'd be more fun if somebody could kind of make fun of us. But outside of that, um, no. I've had help from, you know, a different, like at different intervals, people helping me with things, but never hired somebody as like, you know, like a key, a key person where maybe they help shoot, edit that whole thing. But I've definitely considered it. And I've also liked the idea. I've seen other channels do this kind of thing too, where they maybe they have like one person and even kind of like what you do here with uh, Will, where kind of like off screen, sometimes you can, you know, almost talk to him a little bit in the video. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that could be a fun, fun concept too. Uh, and maybe help with, you know, volume, just like getting more, more videos up and maybe, maybe even keeping you more accountable or, um, 
I feel like there's some a lot of advantages to it where maybe you you know you can get kind of like in a funk, but then having somebody else puts like I said puts accountability, but also maybe the other person has some excitement that day, so mm-hmm. it kind of can help. You know, so those are all the positives I thought about things that are motivating me to do it, and I would say right around when I was thinking about doing it as a as Bill Burnham would say, this funny thing happened, mm. you know, where the world shut down. Oh, right, that thing. <laughs> so I almost forgot about that thing. And then I entered this like new phase of, okay, well, if there's ever been a better job to have right now, I guess it's YouTube. So then it just kind of like went hard during the initial thralls of COVID there on back to being like solo YouTuber. And, you know, everything was working out really well because YouTube was just bumping when COVID first, you know, happened. So it kind of, you know, disheveled my thought process, but now I'm back again because, like I said, I'm on that precipice, right? So, something else that could be a next avenue is, yeah, maybe growing a team or something, you know? Yeah, well, um, well, there's a couple reasons for asking. Obviously, just curiosity around um, plant your whatever your plans happen to be, but also on a psychological front, to uh, you've been five years doing it yourself. I think for myself, by that point. I was like, oh, uh, this, I need, this, I'm not talking to anybody. I need some people around. Like just the, the difference in experience of working on something on a daily basis where you have exposure to other people versus not. Yeah, I think that's probably healthier. Uh, that's what I started <laughs> to think of. I really, that started to cross my mind. Uh, now, I know you. I, I'm sure you still see people, talk to people. You actually make friends in the space and things like this. There's there's ways to alleviate some of that, but the craziness of the ups and downs and things, they, the uh, the consequence, the damage done can be distributed as opposed to being solely yours when once you have a team. Like the team can uh, amplify the ups and can also insulate the downs totally. a little bit. That totally seemed like I don't know, but that totally is what I'm thinking is the is the main reason to do it. You know? Yeah, and so a lot of channels and projects end up that way. Some some that doesn't work for them, you know. Some it can be in an independent endeavor and be totally healthy if that's right. suitable for that individual. But uh, from from myself, I mean, oftentimes we come into this space, and we would just talk for an hour. You know what I mean? Like Who? just all of us. Oh. We would just stand around, sometimes mm-hmm. to de- to a detriment. People start getting upset Absolutely. and saying we have things to do and this and that. Mm. But it's amazing the amount of garbage you got to get out before you feel clean enough to go make something. Before you feel like ready, I guess like, you got to just do some garbage collection and and and. I haven't found a better way of doing that than just talking. That seems to be your like, your sort of perfect answer to everything at the phase of your life you're in right now. These conversations, talking to, you know, with the people you're working with or whatever. You're, you're talking's good for you. You're good. Talking is good for me. <laughs> talking is good. Yeah. It, uh, it helps to, it helps to kind of, um, um, it's, it's almost like a little broom traveling around into the crevices of the mind and just uh, unlocking things that you probably shouldn't be holding on to, that you can feel lighter. Uh, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be... Um, 
it's also it's also a way in which you build you build bonds. It's a way in which you um, uh, strengthen your position, feel better about things because you're you're. Um, it's interactive. You're engaging in a real way, not in a, not in a distant way or virtual way or something like that. Like that, that I, I feel that there's a difference there. There's all these like micro aspects of real life communication that are not available through all the means and things that we've built. Totally. Which is the reason up until this point, I haven't even with this show had anybody come in virtually. It's been kind of limits the opportunities. Speaking of that, by the way, where's Dave from? Is he like California or is he from Canada? No, Dave's from here. Yeah. Really? Everybody that's been on has been local. See, I thought that was the trend, but then I don't know why I thought for sure that Dave was from like California or something like that. It's a lot of people from California. Yeah. It's either you're either from like the GTA area or you're the LA area. Kind of. Yeah. yeah it's it's kind of weird how that worked out that way. But there's a there's a lot of people doing things here locally, which is great for us. Is Dave in like the GTA kind of zone? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's super close. Yeah, yeah. Are you obviously I'm not trying to dox or whatever? Are you relatively close to the studio where you like you know you just drive in kind of thing, like go to work? Or? Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't. I'm not trying to have a big commute or something. Willie does the same. Actually, he made a smart choice in life, like time. The time moved choice. in, moved in with you. <laughs> uh, well, not far. Let's put it that way. You know, not far. He made a, you know that. Well, that's funny, man. It comes back to that attention thing. Time, the way you, you view it, right? Like you you made a decision to say, I got to get closer to the studio. Mm-hmm. To save drive minutes and stuff? Yeah, the commute is can be horrible. It's it's such an ineffective use of time. Or like in, like it, it just, you can't do much with a commute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can listen to this, I suppose. But that's about like what else are you can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're no, you're right. And I think that's actually why people gravitate towards this type of content because it makes the commute bearable. Yeah, it makes a and and so many people have to deal with it. That seems like the majority of people have some form of a commute. Average commute around here, I think, is at least 40 minutes something like that i don't remember that's why i was asking because i know the like you know the gta mindset or whatever like there's people who live outside of barry and they they work downtown it's it's it and that's a lot of big cities right yeah. that's essentially what what ends up happening is that um you know people people might need a little bit more space but they have to work in the city and that's just how it ends up going but it's uh yeah it, it's obviously not ideal i was it's it's great to be able to to be in a position to be able to set things up exactly the way you want, but that's just not the reality for most people. Especially with the crazy housing situation we're in and everything, you know. The housing situation. Yeah. I didn't expect to get here. <laughs> 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 but you're right. It is a crazy housing situation. You gotta make you gotta make different choices than you might have thought you had to make. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. People end up with in imperfect uh choice type scenarios. Absolutely. Question unrelated to everything, but though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what do you actually call yourself versus the different names that I hear Lou call you all the time? Um, I'm referred to as Will. I call myself Will. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I remember like watching your videos. You know what's fun? You were in my regular rotation for, you know, breakfast YouTube videos when you were doing the gray backdrop. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose I just suggested that you know I want to watch anymore. But. Yeah, which is completely fine. <laughs> no, honestly. it's more just like I do less YouTube as well. Yeah, it's for entertainment. Um, but yeah, I used to always oh, unbox there yeah, a new can. video, 
and you're always like, uh, you know, Willie do with the what you do or whatever kind of thing. And I was like, what is that guy's name anyway? Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> Kirk, you want to just say hello to the people real quick because you brought a coffee. I think I feel like just throw something in there. No, say what up, everyone. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. This is uh, about to be a delicious coffee. This is, I mean, it's real stuff happening here. Brand deal. Why Tim, didn't you get Tim a coffee? Was, were you offered? Yeah, you offered me. I just don't, oh, you were offered. don't drink coffee. Yeah. You were offered coffee. That's the only <laughs> fair thing to do. Um, yeah. Uh, Willie Do has had names. He's had many <laughs> different, but it's all, it's all endearing stuff, you know. He, well, don't shake your head. No, come on, man. <laughs> But uh, he has, he happens to have just an amazing name. Is that a last name incorporated into it? Is that what it's like? His just, name is Will Do. That's a pretty good name. And before, and, you got and, some nickname flexibility there. Will there. Do? Are you kidding me? Like when I saw this guy, <laughs> there's what, so many, there's so many businesses you could create with that. Is like that's you know, true, yeah. He, will he Do Construction. To, you know what I mean? He like, had Will Do Art. He, that was his. <laughs> that was his URL. Do you still have it? No. What happened? I don't know. I didn't pay the domain. You should have hung on to that, man. <laughs> Will Do Art is a, an amazing domain. Yeah, for $10 or whatever, you let it slide. Yeah. Now it's worth 10000 <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, domains. You have any domains? I've got GeraldandDunn.com. That's it? You don't have, you're not one of these guys that, that gets like a cool idea, registers the domain, and then does nothing with it? Because I probably have a 1000 At one point, I think I had... Deepthoughts.com. Whoa, yeah. that's a domain. I had that one. It was, it was, uh, I had a reasonably successful blog back in the day, and I stole the idea from, or the name anyway, from SNL. I used to have like a sketch where they would just say these like really absurd things and it'd be like, more deep thoughts or whatever. You yeah, know? I feel like I recall. So I made a, like a little blog about that. Uh, and you know, this is back when people read things. Sure. Um, back to that attention span. Yeah. Now it's just a, it's just parked. <laughs> I don't think you should have let that Jack one. Jack Handy, that was the SNL one. Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. I think you could. That could be worth some money right now. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody else is using it for anything, so maybe not. <laughs> well, click buy this domain. Let's see what the price of it is now. I bet you they want ten grand at least. Oh, this is not a great <laughs> was this sales pitch. Geocities website. Yeah, <laughs> the CSS is not here. No, ref <laughs> refresh that page. Refresh that page. Oh, no. Come on, man. No way. There you go. Offer bids twenty five. Traffic eighty nine. Nah, uh, that, that's not a, that's not a big mover. I'm, right. I'm okay with it. I don't I don't have any regrets letting that one go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say it's better than average. I've, I have worse URLs than that <laughs> you, that I had big plans for. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it. This is a thing that I I've noticed. Like about, a, I, I'm sure I'm sure other people have the same experience where you have this amazing idea, but for whatever reason you can't do it, whether like time wise or something like this. Well, you think it's an amazing idea, and sometimes sitting around and uh, generating concepts is more fun than actually doing them. Have you ever has this has this been a theme for you? Yeah, like theory crafting in games and uh, and other aspects of life, I really like doing. But then when it comes to I'm actually applying it to I, here's an example. Did you ever play League of Legends? Never. I had a phase, for better or worse, where I was like big into League of Legends, but I enjoyed more theory crafting on like what would be the best combinations, the best characters okay. and stuff, and like okay. busting out Excel and stuff. Sure. 
And then when I actually go to play, you know, I'd be like, well, the game doesn't play out like that, you know, so it's not as fun as the actual crafting. Right. It's kind of like uh, Sims, where you can build the house or you can just go along with the life of the Sims. Yeah. And just like keep going with it. And one, I think, appe like, uh, appeals to a different side of the brain than the other. I'm not much of a competitive gamer, mm. but I liked, I like, you know, I like things. Kind of like, I, I don't really like going to chess tournaments, but I really like doing chess puzzles and reading about chess and stuff like that. But the, I'm not, I'm not competitive. So mm. the, the thing you need to be on the edge of like being competitive at something like that is a whole different thing than just wanting to immerse yourself in the minutia of it, you know? That's interesting. So you're not competitive. No, not at all. Like I used to think that they were, I've accepted it now, but when online games first started going in that direction, I used to think this is, this is bad for gaming. But no, never mind competitive in gaming. I'm talking oh. about competitive in general. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not really competitive at all. I would say. Is that is that something that you were always aware of? You say it uh, with some degree of certainty. I think, like, I probably just learned it over time, like, at different applications. Like, if I was on a sports team and I would see certain energy and everybody, and I just and I couldn't relate to the energy at all. You know, they'd be like, "You get in there and you take them down." You know, you're a big guy. Why aren't you put, throwing your weight around? It was like, because I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, that's really. I'm just here to have fun and run around, guys. You know? <laughs> okay, so you you recognize this early on. Yeah, the 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 joke is like, when did you know you were different or whatever? Right? Well, was like, yeah, you could spot it at some point or another. Right. You know, more like probably late teens, twenties, whatever. It's like oh, I don't have the same same drive in these aspects, you know. Right. Yeah. One of the reasons why I'm appreciative of YouTube is I feel like I found a place where I can just kind of be a nerd that spouts the nonsense that I'm into, and there's, it a, there's does a place sound for it. to a certain degree, though, that maybe a bit of the competition bug got you once you got on YouTube, or still zero. I don't know what it what what form would it take on YouTube. Well, even if you're competing with yourself, playing it like golf, let's say, when you if you put out a project and it doesn't do as well, I'm sure you notice. I'm sure that's not what you want. YouTube is inherently competitive, whether with others or with your own previous performance. I mean, I guess I do tackle, like, myself a lot and try, like, I'm a perfectionist. Mm. Uh, but I think of that in a different way than, than whatever this other sort of competitive spirit where, you know, it's like you want to win against somebody else. Well, yeah, that's what I, and that's why I said golf specifically. Yeah. Many people just compete against their Perfecting own pre your game. previous score yeah. in something like this. That I think I could, I could, I could get behind. What does that even mean? <laughs> I think I think I'd enjoy that, um, but I think there's also a, a limit there where I'm okay. I always think of, you know, the diminishing returns on work that has to go into something. Like I, I'm a I'm a guitar player. I play. I also play piano, and I really like playing those things. And when I first started, it's hard, and so I'd put a lot of hours into getting competent, and then I'd put hours into certain skills that I wanted to have or certain you know, I would say almost more like horizontal growth that I wanted uh, with those instruments. But I never had the drive to be one of those, you know, just like edge best at something kind of when it comes to a lot of, a lot of things. Because it takes so much more time, so much more dedication to squeak out that extra five or 10% to where, you know, you're like the best in the world kind of thing. And I'd rather just be like, pretty darn good mm. at that kind of thing and so mm -hmm. even with myself i feel like i'm competitive like i have a drive up to pretty darn good and then and then that's it you know and there's people obviously on my youtube channel that tell me all kinds of 
big superlatives about me, but I, I feel instead that I'm just like... What's an example? Oh, well, I mean, like, there's no way I could say these without sounding like a complete... Go dish. ahead, go ahead. But like, you'll get comments that are like... Actually, I'm not a big fan of comments that have to bring down other creators at the same time. Be, like, I'll heart a comment that's like, really enjoying your videos, you know? They're really like, you know, making my week or whatever. It's like, love it. Thank You know, thanks for saying that. But if it's a comment like, finally glad to see somebody who's doing this versus the other bozos or whatever, and it's like, that's... We don't need none of that, you know? Right. But, but the idea is people do seem to want to proffer the idea that there's some sort of oasis that my channel is compared to some desert of, you know, when I don't see it, I watch, I've got like my subscriptions there, a bunch yeah. of other people in my space and I think yeah. they're all making bangers, you know? Maybe part of that is uh, similar to something that we experience or are like on, um, specifically on Unbox Therapy around brands, how, yeah. how in order for one product to be good, the other one has to suck. That's frustrating it, it, as, a, as one, a creator. When you're a fan of something, it, for whatever reason, it seems to be that the highest level of enthusiasm comes along with um, criticism of the alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Once you become a, a rabid fan of a thing, then you start to be, become a... A crusader, you go out and you destroy anything that could possibly harm the thing that you love so much. Like, what is the uh, fandom in uh, K-pop? K-pop fandom. They're they're called the army, aren't they? Are they about knocking down other K-pop well, groups, though? Will's like, sure. don't even say the name right now. We just <laughs> summoned the army. Yeah. But do they it do they go so. and un, go on other threads and be like your your band sucks or only, band whatever? I think o only if it's they consider it to be required. Like if someone says something bad or like if you said something bad right now, then you are a target of the army. See, so, I would have thought that they would like all not like all K-pop, but be more more likely to support. No, it extends even outside of K-pop. You can mobile. They can mobilize against anything. Hmm. Anything they don't like. That's like, hard to understand the 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 motivation. Yeah. Like fandom to that extent? Yeah. I know. I've had trouble with that my whole life. I have a hard time going to a concert just because it, the, it feels I'm not as good of, of a fan as everybody else. Yeah. You don't even have the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, but I look around and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm not extracting enough here to warrant having this spot. <laughs> you take oh. you take enough of real fan's. I'm taking up a real footage. fans. Uh, I have a <laughs> like a fake fan complex. <laughs> like, how much am I a fan of this particular thing? But the problem with that is that is is I I just I feel like I have a hard time being a fan of almost everything uh, to the extent that other people. I, I don't know what that's about. I think there's also something about the discrepancy, just the the one to many aspect of like the stage, which we talked about earlier. The the uh, how uncomfortable that is. The just the the formatting is uh, makes me uncomfortable. I'm not saying that I'm nervous of this situation. Right. I go, I've gone to plenty of events and things like that. <laughs> it's just that, uh, yeah. Even I'm like I'm, I guarantee that you get it with phones and everything else. But you know, even with cameras, obviously, you know, right, last however many months or whatever, I've been mostly using Sony stuff. Um, but prior to that, I was using other things, and prior, prior to that, I was using Blackmagic, prior to that, I was using Panasonic, whatever, right? But it's hard for me sometimes to remember that some viewers maybe only saw that one video, and that they're also a diehard brand person. Uh, so I'm sure for you, 
it should be even less so where people should know, well, Lou reviews everything or like every brand. So he's not like, he's not iPhone only. But yet I bet you, oh my God, I bet you have videos where when you talk about the iPhone, oh, man. it's like iPhone chill or whatever. And it's like, but obviously you talk about all of them, but it's that video that they saw. And it's like, they need to tell you that they're not okay with you talking about iPhone right now. You know, like for me, the per my perspective has always been about the about the whole industry progress in general this idea that even if you like the iPhone then you need to like the brands that compete with iPhone because they're that's what's supplying the pressure totally. for the thing to improve you should be happy when somebody posts a video of like here's a competitor that's killing it because What's that expression? All boats rise in the high tide or whatever, you know? Certainly when you're talking about progress, let's say in the form of technology. Yeah. When, when people stop innovating, microprocessors was the perfect example of this with Intel. When there was that period where Intel was just like, that's the only answer. Intel slowed right down and the, and the iterative advantages year over year were just like, they weren't even worth talking about. And then now that AMD is kind of come back in and was like, oh, we got some stuff. Then not only is now, there's still that brand war thing where now it, now you don't really want to talk Intel that much because AMD is the, 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 the brand to be promoting. But uh, we saw what happened when there's like, a, you know, a seven to 10 year period of there being no real competition. Prices go up and iteration goes down or like rather like the, the degree of it, like how small the iterations are. Um, it's bad. It's bad for everybody. Well, and this is why most countries have rules against acquisitions of other companies and uh, monopolistic practices totally. because they stifle innovation. Competition tends to have the opposite effect. So when I read a comment which is suggesting that uh, some brand is the worst thing ever or a piece of trash or whatever it might be, uh, I can't envision it that way because I'm looking I'm, I'm imagining the whole picture and then and then on top of that if you're saying hey Samsung pushes Apple there's even one more level of granularity in the world of phones which is that Samsung supplies Apple with the displays that go into iPhones Samsung's success is directly correlated yeah. to your iPhone fandom that's it, that's great the same thing happens with cameras Sony makes sensors that go on other cameras Absolutely. And people complain about something about that Sony camera without knowing that, like, hey, that exact same sensor is in the camera that you're sure. saying is the better camera. So one way or another, we want new sensors from Sony. Or the know? sports team that you cheer for that needs another team to play. Yeah. <laughs> or with sports teams, especially where where we're from. I, I don't know. Did you, did you grow up in this area your whole life? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I felt like there was always two you either were a Maple Leafs fan in hockey or you were a Red Wings fan. And and there was like this like... That's because you're more that way though. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I was right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like pretty extreme like that. But what I always thought was funny was neither one of those teams have many Canadians on them. Right. You know, there's like four Canadians in both teams. Yeah. Or whatever. So it's like, what are we actually cheering for here? A shirt? You know, like... Uh, absolutely, you're cheering for... <laughs> shirts and logos and symbols are easier yeah. to cheer for. Uh, people can come and go, right? They can... Uh, Brands are powerful. And that's why I said that's that's just a brand. It's another brand, you know. Absolutely, it's and a the, brand. The Maple Leafs are a huge successful brand, even if they don't win at hockey, but they're a tremendous brand. Yeah. Exactly. It's you can that logo means more than any one player could ever mean to people 
they, uh, it's subconscious. They've grown up with exposure. They've seen the poster. They've seen the promos. They've seen uh, whatever number of interactions. I mean, Apple benefits in a similar fashion. It's not Steve Jobs. It's bigger than that, no matter what it is that he might have brought to it. And presumably the same thing happens to companies like Tesla eventually and, and, and so on. If they're going to continue, then they have to transcend the person. The, and it's actually kind of similar to the influencer stuff we were talking about earlier where the person has problems. The person is prone to folly and all the human aspects. The brand is pristine. Yeah, same with sports. It's like, get that player out of here. You know, we need a new, oh. we need a new whatever. Oh, they love it. Yeah. They love it. They're committed to the brand. The people are disposable. That's right. Yeah, that guy that I cheered for for five years, he's done. He's washed up. <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that what YouTube will be like? Do you think you can uh, mm. swap out, keep on Bucks Therapy cooking, but get Lou out of there? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That's yeah. a, I've talked about it on this show many times that, that uh, eventually I feel like that makes sense. Uh, it's and, then, and then you can guest on your own channel after that. I you show guest, every once in a while. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I can guest on my own channel or I can just do transition into other uh, projects uh, because, it, you know, same time, man, you, you live life. You live this life. You got whatever that window is. And I got so many things I want to try. I got too many things I want to try. Uh, does it mean that I want to see some of the stuff I created go away? Not necessarily. I would love for multiple things to continue to exist in in, 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 a, in a format that I'm still happy with, but connected to in such a fashion that allows me to approach other uh, projects and uncover new interests and uh, just explore more because you get caught up. You just get, it's just becomes uh, autopilot. You know how to do it. You keep doing it. And uh, one of the things that, having some degree of success unlocks is opportunity, but only if you arrange things in such a fashion to, to truly approach the, those opportunities or whatever you consider to be a, um, an interesting opportunity. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about like other things that would be cool to watch happen or to take part in projects, things like that. You know, you know something, this is one where I struggle with and I can give you like, I think I have a couple examples here. So for me, I feel like I've always, this is probably a flaw in my character and I don't know how to fix it, but I feel like I'm always rushing to some kind of finish line. Like I almost like want to win at life or something, be done. I think of it like a video game. <laughs> the way that I play video games is I I play it for the story. I'm more story driven than like I said, like com, you know competitive online stuff. And then right before the ending, I'll usually complete all the other stuff. So I get like, you know, 100% the game, then beat it, get the get the ending. And then like, good, I, I did that game perfect and it's done and I beat it. And I feel like I do that same thing with life. It's like I try to make a list of everything I got to do, check off all the boxes and do it as quickly as I can and then sort of complete life. And uh, not, not to like die. I'm not trying to get like, you know, morbid here. But I mean, like in terms of like, the problem is though, then you go, you like, well, if you don't have any goals, then what are you doing? You know, what's going to get you out of bed and stuff like that? And I have trouble sometimes seeing life as it's not about some, this is obviously one of the oldest, you know, sayings in the book, but it's not about that finish line thing, right? It's the journey along the way, yada, mm -hmm. yada. But I find it hard to, because I can be very efficient and 
you know, drive and like, and do good work quickly and that kind of thing. But I only do that if I feel like I'm rushing towards something. And when I take a step back and slow down, I, I have, I feel like I lose myself where other people tell you you would lose yourself if you had no goals. That's my preamble, but here's my actual thing. So you, you mentioned money, for example, because money is one where you can, I think, for the most part, everybody, everybody knows money. Everybody's got financial goals they're going for, whatever, or, or expenses. If you look at somebody like whoever, Jeff Bezos, it doesn't matter, who just has infinite money. And now I know, I think, I think he actually did just step back. But my question I had for him like five years ago was like, why are you still doing it, man? Like, why aren't you just sitting on a boat or something? You know, like, that's the part that I always struggled with is, you know, even you, I, I don't know your financial situation, but I mean, you've been doing it for 10 years and the channel's successful. If you were even moderately smart with your money, you're probably like reasonably financially set. But your motivation for doing YouTube can't be like, gotta pay them bills. You know what I mean? Like it can't be that. So why do you want to keep doing things that are in this space when it is work, right? I think it's what you said about um, completing tasks, having a plan or a checklist is a is a, a more organized version of the way that I interact with things. I think I feel healthier when I'm getting things done. I don't know how important it is what those things are, but I know that they're, my experience through life is having a, a lack of, I don't even want to use the word productivity, but like a, a lack of obvious daily accomplishments, whatever they happen to be, is not a positive thing for me. That, that, right. that, that for me is a despair. So, I mean, in the case of Jeff Bezos, he did uh, uh, move a little bit away from Amazon, but now he's trying to go to space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, you, I guess, I yeah, you know, always need something to do. I don't know how to live without a target. I don't, uh, I shouldn't say I don't know how to. I probably did at points in my life. I don't like living without a target. What, I, what, what I'm talking about right now is more shifting the target. Finding. What do you use to tell you where to shift the two though? Like what's, what's the drive? Because that's, the, I it, think if, if I, think I was it, Jeff Bezos, how would you know what to make the target? I guess space, sure, why not? Right. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think the target is actually as important as most people think like that some, like just you could re just throw a dart if you wanted and just go after that kind of yeah. kind of if you decided that uh you were gonna bake bread the you know you, you or, or i've totally done this i had a whole like sourdough starter make them okay bread there phase. you go and you're not alone <laughs> everybody and or you're gonna have a vegetable garden or like whatever it, the 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 fact is that the reward for us, I don't know, I can't speak on everybody's psyche, but it's progress. It's par par participating in progress or, or um, driving it in some fashion that you're, that there is some degree of movement or some change in the environment that's commensurate with your input, that that feels better than uh, not being able to impact or not be, or to, to not have input at all, but instead to be a passenger or instead to be waiting around for something to happen or relaxing, whatever you might want to call it. 
I don't know if I don't I don't know if these type of studies are true or not, but you, I'm sure I've seen it reference places where um, people who who uh, have worked jobs for a long period of time and then quit are more likely to to uh, degrade more rapidly. Right. Yeah. The risks of retirement. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. And I've read other articles of people who retired early who uh had regretted it like it was this amazing it was supposed to be this amazing idea and then i just feel like if it was so great everyone would be doing it or at least everybody who could would do it if it was as rewarding as a retirement commercial makes it seem <laughs> there's some sort of a pull and you said i mean we were talking about the word competition i don't know necessarily know if that's all encompassing I think it's just a reward of uh, of working towards something. I think video games provide that for people, it, it, even those that may have difficulty grappling with the uh, real-world versions of that. But the ability to progress, map your progression, witness your progression is a... I think for all of us, a rewarding thing. And it continues to be a rewarding thing for me. Now, you you say, where do you point your target? I, I just look at that uh, intuitively. Like what, I just try to, um, I try to expand my exposure to different things and then see what sticks. Like, hmm, why am I still thinking about that? Why is, uh, why is that project still in my head? How sticky is it? Mm -hmm. Maybe I should pursue that type of thing. And, and then the only way to figure out what those things are that might potentially stick is just to uh, expose yourself to diff diff different people, personalities, uh, projects, um, content. Things like this seem to, I don't know, maybe art, music. I don't know what, yeah, sure. what it is that actually triggers an interest in a particular thing. I, I, I'm one of these people I've been talking to these guys where I watch YouTube less, but I read Wikipedia more. Like, why? I don't know. Why? Why am I? I got such limited spare time. I'm, 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 I'm literally uh, waking up in the morning. I have a moment of spare time in between kids and just chaos. <laughs> and I'm reading a Wikipedia page uh, about somebody from 1592. You know what I'm saying? Like, Why? Do you do it because something was like, I find I read Wikipedia when I have some sort of thought in my head that was like, what What was the deal with that again? And then I have to like look it up to like, you know. Uh, normally for me, it would be, it would be some news article, something that happened. And then it would, that, that story would lead to a, a small detail, which would be unknown to me. Right. I don't know about that detail. Yeah. I would then click through to that detail. I would end up on the comprehensive explanation of that detail, which would then lead me to the derivative of that. Mm -hmm. And then that on top of that. And it's just um, some type of information contagion. I have to keep going. I do stuff like that too. And Wikipedia has the links. So then you, you're like, and they partnered with, Jean Baptiste, whatever you're like, and who is that? You know, exactly. you click on that, and you're reading a whole new page. <laughs> exactly, and so I think, like, that's a a a, a recent um, a, a recent inspiration is that I'd be reading the biography on some guy, and I'd be like, he did all that, 
all those things? Do you ever find yourself where you have like 40 because you kept opening up new tabs? Absolutely. Or you're like, well, I'm going to need to know more about that fact, mm -hmm. but, but I'm in the middle of a paragraph. Yes. So I'll open up a new tab on that. Next yes. thing you know, you're like, I'm never going to get all this ready. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it does, it does, I think it helps me. Um, <clears throat> reading a biography of a historical figure does help me to um, personalize, humanize uh, some of these like ex 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 extraordinary things that people do because it, I, I mean, it, it, you get people coming up to you like you've done something amazing. Like, the, oh my God, you did all that. And it's like, I don't know. You mean like you as a YouTuber? Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I press videos. I talk to the camera. Uh, it's yeah. like, listen, you know, I uh, I did a thing. I found a thing. I kept going with the thing. That, uh, if anybody asked me how it happened, I would say I was unusually persistent on one thing. That happened that's, to be. That's such a huge component of this. A thing. I was unusually <laughs> persistent. But then, then you look at the the, the way that uh, certain people throughout history tackled the unknown and approached risk, and like man, they were flying. People were just doing stuff, and I don't know if it's that people had more time because they were spending less time consuming. There was nothing to look at. I mean, maybe they read the newspaper and then they went and did things. I'm not sure. Uh, or was it our relationship with risk in general? Like, look at where we are. Look where we live. Look at all the opportunities been presented to us. You can't go that wrong. You can't fail that hard relative to human history. There's, But maybe that also explains why there's a different type of innovation these days then, where it's not as like people are putting wings on their bicycle and trying to fly across the Atlantic or whatever. And instead, everything is so easy and I mean, well, different countries and there's, you know, there's parts of the world where we still have to figure out malaria and where to, where to poop Absolutely. or whatever, you know. I'm talking um. very specifically right here. Like what yeah. I'm trying to say is if, uh, if you're that uncomfortable with risk here, I yeah. hate to break it to you, but it ain't risky. It's, Can, it's not ever going to get easier. It's not ever going to get more opportune you know, than it is now. We're, we're, uh, world's lowest risk factor ever in human history is where you and I sit right now with the opportunities presented in front of us right now. So based on you reading these like, you know, historical, you know, biographies, whatever, do you feel like the innovation that comes these days from North America even, is it, is it as, what's the word? Is it as significant um, but just, you know, expressed in a different way? Or do you think that that kind of, you know, great innovation has sort of slowly trickled down in, in terms of its impressiveness relative to stuff before? Like, obviously, we're not going to reinvent the plane. Like, that's already a thing. Yeah. But whatever we yeah. are coming out with, you know, crazy AI stuff. And, like, is that equally as impressive just in its own scope? Or do you think it's, eh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, Boston I, Dynamics robots doing yeah, backflips no, no. and stuff. People are, like, people are and will continue to do amazing things. I don't... Um, I guess I think of it, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking it, of it in terms of innovation, but more in terms of the breadth of what, it's like, it's like people, the cure for boredom in the past was to do something new. To diversify your activities. 
now it feels it's like so easy to cure your boredom while having zero impact, while not not in a participatory fashion, but instead because you have an abundance of distraction, an opportunity. Yeah, you're not going to accidentally stumble into something great by curing your boredom today because you're just going to be. You're, yeah. There, 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 there. <laughs> Did you get it on the camera, Will? Like he was just swiping. swiping. <laughs> it's a trick. Yeah. It feels like you have solved something, but yet it's somehow lacking uh, the the texture necessary to really teach you something. You ain't going to be making penicillin like this. <laughs> Very unlikely. Very <laughs> unlikely. So it's more about grabbing, like, that, that, that uh, historically you would just grab onto more things, as risky as they might be. Mm-hmm. Because operating in the real world comes with real, real risk. Your phone screen or your Netflix doesn't. And so people, it's a hard sales pitch to say, hey, get up and go do it. When, like, I, I can't help but think of the sheer number of hours and how recent all of this is. How recent the opportunity is to sit at home and binge watch 20 hours worth yeah. of some like how long has that opportunity really existed in the course of human history? Well, I can tell you that in 2010, I was switching DVDs to watch Lost. You know what I mean? I had like a few on a DVD. And that was already pretty advanced compared to, you ever try to buy a VHS box set? I had a VHS box set of season one of the Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous looking. It takes up your no, whole shelf. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, that was just 10 years ago that the idea of, and when when I was a kid, yeah, I think I had I think in my household we had three tapes, and eventually we went, we didn't there was no reason to keep watching them, we had, we had seen <laughs> them too many times. Those are the movies. That's not even TV. Those are the like the Star Trek. He's movies. saying it's way bigger than that. <laughs> He's trying to explain to you that it's way bigger than that. I mean the the abundance of of content has surely presented a. Uh, circumstance, an unprecedented circumstance. The ease of creation, the ease of sharing, and the ease of you know, consuming. funny about that, though, is the stakes for the individuals that are consumed by that, even if it's just the viewer, feel even higher. Which, I another Bo Burnham thing, that film, Eighth Grade, that he made, where it was like, you know, about a 15-year-old girl just trying to, compared to what it was like when you and I were in grade eight, I didn't have a phone. You didn't, there's no way you had a phone in no. grade eight, right? No. Uh, so all your problems were based on sort of regular, goofy, interpersonal things with the people at school. Uh, and nobody knew anything that you didn't put forward. But now kids that are, uh, you know, growing up, I, 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 I honestly can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. But this, what I was, as much as we can say that there's very little risk and there's very little to do with, the, with social media and how the platforms work, it, to those kids now, the stakes feel just as big mm. because that's what their full exposure is. So now it's, I mean, I, I don't want to guess because I actually don't know. I'm going to say something. I'm going to sound like a boomer here. That isn't what I'm talking about. But, it's gonna, definitely, but we, it's, we definitely are. But it's going to be more like, oh, I didn't, I, I posted a thing. I didn't get enough likes on Snapchat or whatever. I guess kids would be on TikTok now probably, right? So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if, if, if maybe if you're in school right now and you're not killing it on TikTok, then maybe you suck. I, like, I don't know, you know, and, and maybe you get bullied. Maybe you get bullied if your TikToks are lame. You, you know what sure, I mean? Sure, I'm sure that that happens. When, when you talked about early sharing, if you shared a cute picture of your dog and nobody liked it on Facebook, well, what do you care? 
You know what I mean? Like you said, why were you posting that in the first place? Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking that maybe now if you post a TikTok and it doesn't succeed, then when you go to school the next day, are you going to get roasted? Sure. You know what I mean? So the life is so integrated into these simple things that are so consumable and so irrelevant, yet somehow the they're they're everything. It's such a bizarre. It's such a bizarre. Like you, like yeah. The, oh. the magnitude of something so insignificant yet so significant temporarily. Yeah. In within those groups. Yeah, I I, I just I guess I've always I, I guess along the way I've always been more towards the learning style of actually doing the thing as opposed to strictly theoretical it would be hey you're gonna hey if you go off that bike jump you're gonna hurt yourself okay right. let me try that and then go off the bike jump smash your face <laughs> or whatever and then be like hmm and okay interesting and and then whatever extra detail that comes from the experience of having done the thing is uh i value greatly and therefore when i in getting back to how we got over here about some historical figure who did all these different activities when i think of the uh alternative to doing the actual activity and then feeling like you know something about it versus actually doing it like youtube being another experience of such uh i don't want to give up the oppor the, the chance to have those experiences and uncover or learn the things that I th didn't even know were available because I didn't approach the thing in the first place. So, so this, this would be any area of actual life, any potential experience. And of course there's an, um, there's way too much for you to ever do, but when, right. as I've gotten older, I start to realize the limitation, like how the window is shrinking and how what I, what what I would hope to unlock is the opportunity to extract to maximize extraction from those potential experiences. You're a perfect candidate then for that, you know, uh, life advice stuff where they always say you got to get out there and you know experiment and experience things and say, yeah. say yes to everything, all that kind of stuff. You know, the you're you're, you're putting a, a practical reason behind it yeah which is that, I, I feel like i represented it terribly there because i'm definitely not no, i'm with it because the end result is that even if you know we don't need to big up the actual experiences that much but there's something to extract from it whether you learn something about yourself you learn what direction to yeah, go yeah it's that sounded very uh uh like go to costa rica or something <laughs> that's not really what i meant by it I, I was speaking more in the. Well, do you have any example? Like, what's something? I was speaking more you... in the original framework of of uh, when I was younger. I had the opportunity to fail a lot, right? And when it was happening, it felt unnecessary and painful. But in retrospect, your failures eventually become contribute to your successes because they're such great lessons because they're because they're so real. Uh, so what I'm just talking about is is finding a way to to remove myself from certain projects to have the opportunity to go fail elsewhere. That's all I meant. You got anything going on right now that you say would be uh, encapsulating that idea? What's stealing your eye these days? I have a couple of projects I can't say <laughs> that are crazy and stupid and... Uh, do you, think, do you think we'll ever see him or are these, these like well if you do i won't be associated you won't know that it's me that did it okay 
So that's a little insight into that. Or you can maybe guess if you think that it's me that did it. But that that seems really exciting. Anonymous things. Or, yeah, no, anonymous things. And like uh, I have a, another channel idea that I want to do that I wouldn't be associated with promoting nothing. I want it to grow completely organically. Uh, absent of any external promotion or any type of sauce, any type of input to, to really get a sense for what the platform is now or get a better sense of it. That was Kirk. That was Kirk all the way down there. Uh, but there's a couple There's a couple versions Is that, that the main motivation there? Is, is you really wanted to sort of like get, put your finger on the pulse of YouTube in 2022 20, or whatever? Maybe it's that or or maybe it's... I think a lot of it derives from guilt too, just feeling guilty about... It, it, that's part of the thing about having... Putting out stuff that's successful is if... if the, feeling like people like something that you did more than you even do. Like I don't know if you're like that where you hate everything you've ever made. There's a good chunk of it, yeah. yeah. I've got some videos that I thought, that's a pretty good video, but most of the videos I go, eh. <laughs> you, you upload it while your face is cringing as you <laughs> click up. They're like, God, is that what that one is? Is that the the final form? Thanks for going back to my channel at that moment, by the way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, you got anything you don't like? And then Will just shows like my whole channel or whatever. Yeah, most of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is that that's That's another common thread with all this. It's like, it seems almost like a prerequisite that you have to kind of not like yourself that much like how much do you like yourself how do you know that how do you engage that i never really think about that i think about other people of like how well do i click with somebody else i don't ever think about whether or not i click with myself yeah i'm stuck with me <laughs> no i mean uh, 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 uh the the thread has been that a lot of people who have chosen this path are hypercritical because you've taking on this role of being the host, the director, the it's, editor. It's too, it's too much Larry when you have yourself all doing all those things. You know, I definitely feel that. When uh, when people want to watch uh, my videos with me because it's like, oh, you got a new video posted or whatever. It's like, I don't want to see that. You know, I, I've, I've seen that enough. You know, I've seen myself enough. Yeah. Like, period. Yeah. You know? Well, I think in this case, it's it's actually healthier to not like yourself that much especially when you have people telling you i think it's an i think it's actually a, well at least for me i think it's imperative if you have people telling you that they like your your stuff so frequently to i mean i guess you get a healthy dose of people that hate you too i, I haven't edited my myself in a video previously but for me the whole the entire proposal of editing something is the tr trying to and for us, we edit a YouTube video. For others, they touch up an Instagram post. For others, they fix some element that they don't. Yeah, thing, you take the mole off or whatever. You know, things well, you don't like about yourself. It seems small, but yeah. it, yeah. I don't know. But I think I should like maybe put a little twist, a positive about myself on my YouTube channel, though, is that one thing I'm thankful for with YouTube that I feel like I get to do is that I get which I know is the opposite of what we were talking about earlier. I was gonna say be myself because <laughs> you said that how much of yourself are you? I oh think, yeah, I think what it is, is. This seems to be a recurring question on this show. Maybe that'll be uh, one of I'm your- I'm gonna ask you, uh, we're gonna make, we're gonna formalize it. Okay. What percentage of you is on your YouTube channel? Yeah, so, okay. I think fairly, 
You, oh, you meaning the all-encompassing, yeah. the person that nobody, the person that few people really know, I guess. The person, the, well, I, I actually it, interpret I, it however you want. I put a decent chunk. I, maybe that just makes it seem like I don't have that many facets. Uh, but I would say, you know, maybe 20, 20, 25%. 20, 25. I know, it seems like a lot because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of like big pieces of a pie. I don't, I don't feel like I have as many slices as a lot of people do, like. Um, and I even try to integrate. So let's say it was twenty percent, but of that twenty percent, ninety-five percent of that is like super authentic of me in there. I don't really have much of a character, and even you know, like the more recent like set that I started doing and stuff like that, it's always just trying to really put myself. Like I try to put more of myself into it and less of what I think would be necessarily good for YouTube. So my current set now is like these are like actual tools that I've been using for a really long time. The table's like my actual table that I got from a friend of mine. And like, it's, it's a lot of like me and more recent videos. I've been trying to do more of myself, but there's things that I don't put on YouTube. Like I said, I don't really do much with music because I like to keep that as like a relaxing thing. So I don't want to make it work, you know? And I used to not really do much with computers, but lately I've been doing a little bit more computer stuff on there. So people might watch my videos and not realize like, oh, he's like a major computer nerd, you know, or mm. like he plays piano a lot or something. Um, but I also feel though that they could watch my videos and go, this guy's got to be a computer nerd just based on the way I don't really filter myself a lot, if that makes sense. So whatever quirks and that kind of thing, they go in there and, and I still do try to put in some humor and some mistakes. And so I think it's an authentic portion. It's just that I omit things that I think are relevant, but I think a lot of, I feel like people, more people have more aspects to them than I feel like I do. Hmm. And that's not like cry so for me. I just feel like I, I feel like I focus <laughs> on fewer things more intensely, if that makes sense. That's yeah. fair. Now, what if we were to take, let's, let's imagine a relationship in your life with a friend or family member or something like this. They, I presume that they would feel that they know you better than a uh, person in the audience on the YouTube channel knows sure, you. Sure, yeah. So the question then becomes those extra elements that allows them to know you they're pro it might be it's probably less in the realm of your interests and more in the realm of your well i think this the this, way you think about things let's yeah this say. structure that you're doing here is good for um you know maybe letting a person be more uneditedly fluid with what they with what they're doing i don't feel like any of I wouldn't say much here with you that I wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable making a video about, but I just might not make that video or, or I might not, um, or I might cut out a lot of the stuff that I thought was, oh, that's too slow or that's, you know, that's less interesting. So it's not that it's, you know, more authentic. It's just, you get a more limited experience, I suppose, where this is good because you get a more fuller experience of potentially like if we would have talked cameras for two hours, it probably would have essentially been similar themes to what my videos would have been about, but just more exploring more things for deeper. So I don't know how that cuts into then. But friends and family, though, I don't really talk about cameras for two hours with friends and family. So, but but nobody wants to watch a YouTube channel of you just like talking about the stuff you talk to with your friends and family, right? I don't know. Because even this... I've listened to some of your, some of these episodes. You do try to focus on things. That you're, it's like you try to steer it a little bit to like, what are other people at least going to want to hear about? You know, in your day video, you were like, 
we're going to take we're, we're stepping away from the apple thing i'm sure there's people at home that are thinking you know get dave to talk more about apple which means it's in your head you can't erase the fact that there's an audience because really we could just be sitting here going soup like i could have been asking you questions like what games do you play and then we could be like you know, rambling on for way too long about like, oh, you remember when that guy did that thing and the other thing? You're like, yeah, I know, right? And we're like high-fiving or whatever. And it's like, do people want to see that? I don't know. Maybe they do. But that's what you do with your friends and family, right? Hmm. Or not. Or not. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I find it, uh, you might be right. Maybe there is some steering that takes place. I think it's mostly at the beginning of the conversations or closer to the front end uh, that I've had so far. I, uh, the longer they go on, the realer they get, as far as I can tell. Yeah, okay. It's a bit strange in the beginning where it's still sort of almost a performance. It's probably something to do with the fact that, like, we're there's some sort of pageant that takes place. We're sitting down, the person's arriving, yeah. we're doing the right social things, and then we're like, okay, we're rolling. Um, I, I, got, but, I got an exercise for you then. When you leave here, who are you going to see first, probably, of, of like... Family or friends? Who's the first person you're going to see? Mm, uh, probably one of my kids, probably. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Like, say something to me that you think you'd be likely to say to your kid the, when you see them or whatever. What's a, what's the a likely conversation to come up? Mm. It's We're probably going to be immediately preparing because one of them has a baseball game tonight. So yeah. we're immediately going to be preparing to go there. So I'd be like, are you ready? Did you... Uh, did you practice today or... Yeah. Uh, and that's probably a big portion of your life, right? Your kids' baseball stuff, right? It's... But I do talk about it here to a certain extent. But, you know, well, here's one thing I've noticed about this show, or at least my tendency, is... Um, it seems it's it's intimate from the standpoint that you're talking about, like, things that people don't typically talk about, but it's not intimate from a detail perspective, like how you would normally tell a story to somebody that you know. It's more intimate in the sense that it's like... Z- you're trying to keep it broad enough for somebody to get on board? Yeah, it's like it's like you're zoomed out. You're, you're talking yeah. about ideas. You're talking... Uh, you know that sense when you're in a group and uh, maybe it's like you and your best friend, but then there's a couple new people that are sitting in the circle... So everything that you kind of talk about instead, you almost kind of turn your body and you talk a little bit more broadly about it so mm-hmm. that the other people are, I mean, unless you're just a monster and you just like exclude the other people from the conversation. Don't do that, kids. Um, but <laughs> so you kind of talk more broadly, right? You're like, oh, so, you know, we were at a concert the other day. This, this was one of those ones with the big, I feel like that's kind of what YouTube is like. It's like you want to include everybody in the conversation so you don't get so... Caught in the weeds. Yeah, you try to too granular. You keep trying to bring yeah, it back. Or, or if you do introduce detail, then you try to immediately find the point of relation that someone can draw from. Exactly. That someone may have had a similar experience to, or whatever. literally, you're doing it right now. You are. Like and you're. I, I'm doing, doing that right exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's how. That's how. Fun, that's the only way this works, right? It is. But I think the same can be applied in regular conversation because we have all types of relationships with people that there are these like unwritten social rules around which subjects we're going to talk about in life. I wonder if that's why streaming for the streamers that go hours and hours and hours all the time has a different sort of like really serious appeal for some people because I feel like there's a bit more of that 
shorthand and intensity that you would get from, you know, especially if the streamers, I, like, I don't watch a lot of streams, but I've, I've, I've seen clips of something where I'm interested in the thing and the stream almost feels like they don't even care that I'm there watching it on this clip on YouTube afterwards. It's like they were doing a whole thing with the regular watchers of the stream and right. they got all these like inside jokes and everything and you're just out there watching it for whatever the title was because maybe there's something in there that you're curious about. You're just watching it like, I don't know what's going I don't know why they're putting those emojis in the chat. I don't know what this guy keeps saying right. every 15 seconds, you know. I feel like there's that, but on YouTube, we don't do that as much. The, that's extreme intimacy right there. Yeah. The streamer. But as you see, the metrics are different. Like what is a, like a successful stream is not the same metrics as a successful yeah, video. Totally different. Yeah, because it's it's inherently exclusive. Uh, for whatever group understands whatever you just mentioned, the inside thing. Yeah. Subscriptions is the reason they have different monetization structures and all that stuff because it's a different type of relationship. But Do you ever do much streaming? No, I haven't experimented with it much. I think we've done this live previously. I don't know what people think about it, if it's necessary or not. Live introduces a whole nother element, though. There's also like a pressure, not even just on, on you, but like, you know... It, so many things can go wrong, yeah. and and live can be just a disaster. I know. We're, I'm constantly we're, sweating when we're live. <laughs> it's a disaster. Do you think that that would have altered this conversation at all had this been live right now? I don't know. I think that'd be hard to tell. I don't feel like nothing. Nothing came. I can tell you. For people, if you listen to this part, nothing came up that we edited it out as far as I know. <laughs> that was like, it's like, yikes, we got to get off of that. You know? So I think this particular conversation probably would have went well. You know, We probably wouldn't have left all the dead air when we went to the bathroom. Oh, right. That part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I honestly, I feel my, my sense after uh, ha having these conversations is just a sense. It's just a feeling of appreciation to to. Uh, be able to partake in it like I, I don't know what it is but I just feel appreciative that w whatever uh, mechanical components necessary to put something together that has resulted in these conversations taking place it's it 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 gets into that exper experiential uh, realm where I feel like I've now like extract derived something I hope you I hope it's the same for you no I, I got nothing out of this conversation. <laughs> that's what I was worried about <laughs> Because it's like, it's weird, man. It's, uh, you know, on social media, I just said, come you know, come do the thing. You're like, all right, cool, awesome. It's actually amazing how, uh, what did we need to do? We had to put some chairs and some mics and yep. have a space and then uh, uh, reach out to, to people and then and then it all came together. I wish I would have, I wish I would have done it earlier and I hope that, whoever listens to it is able to derive something from it. I know it's absolute scrambled eggs and... Uh, I like how meta we got in this one. It was like we, we started talking about how to talk, having a conversation in a podcast and... I, yeah, uh, I think I think we may have... Uh, we may have opened some doors here that were previously closed. Like, I don't know that... I, I, th I think we may have explored certain areas... Uh, that were different than the previous episodes so far. I think we set the bar to a certain extent. I don't know who's going to go on this ride. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I'm speaking to the audience right now. I do not know who is still with us here because you are absolutely correct with the meta aspect. But I, I, I hope 
I'm imagining a character right now that has made it here. And I hope that feels like some sort of an accomplishment. But I'm not sure. It might not be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Shout out to anybody who made it to this moment right now. Anybody. Everybody. This is a thing on the internet now. 